before I was like, okay, I'm going to be totally professional about this. This is going to be totally that? fine. But yeah, who is she? I, I don't know. Okay. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome. If you're new here, this is the Relax It's Not That Bad podcast. We talk about mental health. We share personal testimonies and we discuss the shit that really is that fucking bad. And today we have a very special guest, Aria. Introduce Hi. yourself. Tell us something. <laughs> I'm Aria. The A stands for awkward as hell. I am a, as of right now, it's so hard to like say, but I am a small business owner. I should say that with more confidence. I yes, say, yes. I'm a small business owner. <laughs> there you go. But uh, it's so hard for me to like come to terms with like the fact that I really do like own... A business. business. Yeah. So I do. And I'm an artist. That's hard for me to say, too. And so people are like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm an artist. I have my own business. They're like, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it is cool. Yeah, yeah. it is You're cool. Right, it is cool. But yeah, I do art. I do stained glass in particular uh, with my business, Stash of Glass, right here. Um, so I just create like stained glass pieces, window hangings, um, just anything my little heart desires. And yeah, I've recently taken that on full time. So I'm a full time artist, a full time business owner, which is crazy, but, and I'm a mom. So on top of the craziness of running your own business and being a full-time artist. I'm also a mom. Um, love superhero. <gasps> right? Put on my cape. Edit it in. I'm just kidding. No. I really um, should. I really should just edit a cape on the back. <laughs> put my arms up like that. Um, but yeah, I'm like super, super excited to be here. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. Because like we said, hopefully the dial-up internet connects today in my brain. But I'm like so excited to be here. And I'm like oh. I'm excited too. I'm excited to have you here. I feel like I feel like our vibes are kind of similar with a lot of things. Yeah. And so asking you to be on the podcast was it was just like, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and do this because I was super nervous, not gonna lie. I was actually like, okay, what if she says no? You know, and like, I mean, who doesn't fear rejection? But I was st- I was so nervous. And then my husband was like, no, like, there's so many similarities between the two of you. I could totally see that being a super fun episode, oh, yeah. which is what I wanted because yeah. I feel like the past few episodes have been fucking downers. And I know, like, after I film them, I'm like, God damn, like, I need to go outside. I need to get some sunlight. No, for get real. Sunlight. I feel like if you wanted a lighthearted episode that I'm definitely a more lighthearted person so Mm -hmm. if you're ready for like a break and just a few laughs and I mean I've got some stories but if you're ready for like just a little break lightheartedness I definitely be a girl (laughs) no that's perfect especially because this is actually going to be a longer episode because I'm trying it out because Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people actually requested was longer episodes and so Buckle up. <gasps> Anyways, moving on. Okay, is there anything that actually, no, I want to hear about what you were talking about when we were messaging each other, um, your service story? Yeah. Oh, when I was a server, when I was like a server. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, I think like my, manage- my, my management um, life and story. And I'm thinking about it and 
also going on here i was like dang we talk about like the shit that really is that bad you know mental health that kind of thing and i was kind of like what it like i don't i mean when it comes to like what i would be comfortable with sharing i was like mm-hmm. what would i talk about and i literally think of the time when so backtrack like few bundle of years ago, I used to actually manage two different restaurants. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, after high school, decided to work at a restaurant, became a host, server, bartender, worked my way up to management, got into salary paying management really oh, wow. young. I was 20. I wasn't even like, oh my old God. enough to drink. And I was in charge of a bar i was in charge of all the numbers the cost of goods inventories like i had been like okay goodbye i can't do this i really wanted to i'm i'm definitely somebody that is like operationally driven so mm-hmm. the fact that that was handed to me and like at very young i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna show everybody like what what i'm about like, like that i'm gonna do this, this you know and but i did not know like the prerequisites of prerequisites of what was going to come with being um, not only what I became was like the only female manager mm-hmm. with the, working with a bunch of men. Yikes. Um, but also just like being so young. So I think back to those times and it's all literally such a blur, but I can think of like specific moments where I would tell people like, yeah, this used to happen to me at my old job when I was managing and, and like, this happened, what? this happened. And they'd look at me and they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah, but like, it's fine. Yeah. And they'd be like, it's not fine. And I'd be like, oh, and looking at it now, I'm like, it definitely was not fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do that all the time where you just like happen to mention something that was actually incredibly traumatic and people yeah. are just looking at you like, what the fuck just came out of your mouth? I can think as early as I don't have my Snapchat anymore, but I, for the longest time, would get these memories of these pictures that I would take of my legs. And when I'm saying one of like my bosses and the group of us managers would just like out of the blue, just take his like knuckle and just so quickly just uh, me what in, the in the leg like some, I don't know hit me in the leg with his knuckles and this dude was like big ex like military like he's a he's a big dude you know and he oh would just God. literally just hit me in the leg or like the other females in the leg but I feel like me majority so, of the time yeah. because I was there so often there were other like females that worked like in um like the event department and whatnot mm-hmm. but like just hands-on every day I was definitely one of the I was the only female he would just literally just uh, come up and hit me with his knuckle and it would hurt so bad and he would just laugh like he was just like ha 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 gotcha like and I would be like ha 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 because I'm over here like 20 years old trying to like prove my place in this spot that I'm in and show that I can hang with the big boys and like this is just what I need to do because I don't want to be like overstepping any boundaries even though he was stepping yeah way boundaries, and I'm just like it's fine I have to take it I would get bruises and I oh my god would get these bruises I'm talking bruises bruises on my my legs and I would take pictures of them 
and just be like, LOL, look at the bruise that he gave me, you know, just like not thinking anything of it. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, you literally were like getting and assaulting you. Yes, that's what that is. That's what that is. That's assault. There we go. Yes, that's what exactly what it is. Being assaulted, like at work by this man, this was regularly, I would have like, oh I would have like four five bruises at one time oh on me my from God. him doing this so often and he literally would say and it's so hard for me to be like yeah no this is just fucked up but I would be like no like he was just being funny you know he he didn't mean he didn't mean to do those kind of things yeah but he would literally say and I know that there's people out there that will remember hearing him say this where he would be like I I hit I hit the girls here so I don't hit my wife Shut the fuck. So I'm just kind of, so I'm just mad at, I, he must have been really pissed off at his wife because I'm telling you, I was That's covered. actually fucking terrifying. Like, you're going to work and this person is abusing you to avoid abusing his wife. That's fucking scary. I think about it now and I would just hear him say that and I'd be like, ha ha ha, you're so funny. Like, just again, here I am, this like. 20, 21 year old trying to make it in the Just upper playing it off of the like restaurant a, world. Oh like Lord. I can hang, it's fine, you know, I don't, I don't care. And yeah, I get, I would get that Snapchat memory regularly of, and it would just say LOL. And it's just oh like these Lord. five bruises about like this big to this big scattered around on my legs because he would just, I mean, decide to hit me. So he didn't hit his wife. That's terrifying. Oh my God. That's no, that, and that is a situation where it's like, that is that bad. Like, that's not something that, yeah. Like, looking back, I'm sure for you, it's probably like, holy shit, you know, what the yeah, fuck was that? that but happen. no, that is, that is definitely a situation that is like, no, you can freak out. You don't got to relax. That, that is, is that bad. And that's what I would tell people. I'd be like, it's not. But yeah, he would just, he'd, he'd, he'd hit me. I have a bruise. They'd be like, what's that bruise from? And I'd be like, oh, him. And they'd be like, I'd be like yeah, but it's fine, you know? Like, it's whatever. No, you're he, just he, beating he was just on being young funny. women. He was just being funny. It was just a joke. Oh, my and God. Now, as a grown ass adult, I'm like, I wish someone would now. Like, now yeah. that I've like, got my voice and become a little bit more assertive with things that are not okay, I'm like, oh. My gosh, definitely did not help with my, um, uh, not hatred to men, but you know, I've always been no, I get that. <laughs> one of those girls that at the bars when men were being like weird or making me uncomfortable, I'd be so quick to be the one that was like, get the fuck away from yeah, me. Yeah. Get away from me. Get away from my friend. What are you doing? You're a weirdo. Like, yeah, I've always I, been that person. I feel like. I feel like, especially on Instagram, I joke a lot about, like, I hate men. I can't stand men. But it's only, like, a semi-joke, you know? And yeah. then I always get people that are like, but you're raising three boys. And it's like, I am, but I'm trying to raise them to be everything but the mass majority of men because I feel like there's there's a certain level of masculinity that is mm -hmm. really good and really attractive and is like, oh, you're such a man. But then you take it too far and it's mm -hmm. like that's actually fucking disgusting mm -hmm. get the fuck away from me and it's it's like almost like barbaric like yes. they come off as like barbarians like why do you have this 
inherent hatred for women, you know, mm-hmm. and and then they're the same ones that are like, well, you hate men and you don't like men. It's like, yeah, because of men like you, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, I grew to hate men. I wasn't born hating men. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of men with how they're raised and things like that, it just breeds that like women are less than us mm-hmm. mentality. Yeah. And so I joke about it, but I also kind of mean it because I've had, I've had a lot of good interactions with men, but I've also had some really fucked mm-hmm. up interactions with men. And it just instills in my brain, like you guys fucking suck, you know? Really and like, is. and if you do something you know, that is out of norms, it's quick to be called out. Oh, yeah. And it's by, not only by men, but by women, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like I, I just saw, uh, I was watching the Barbie movie, actually, where she said the one thing that men and women can agree on is hating women. And I was like, oh, that makes so much fucking sense. You know, like, you do something out of the norms, you're fucking weird, you know, like, you can't you can't hang with the clique and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You're You're an outcast. You're a misfit. And women will hate on you. Men will absolute fucking shit on you. When 10 minutes before that, they were like, hey, we want to yeah, come over to my house and exactly. come out of time and this and that and be just disgusting. Exactly. And as soon as you step out of that zone that they're used to and they're used to women being like, oh, ha, 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 like you're so yeah. funny, you're so this, like going along with it. They're like, actually, you hate men and you're disgusting and fuck yeah. you. And it's like, yeah, no. But then if you. they go and do something, you know, that's out of norms and stuff like that, they're they're being original and, mm-hmm. you know, they're being a man and things like that. And it's like, okay, well, fuck you, you know, because mm-hmm. I did that first and you shit on me for it. Mm-hmm. And here you are doing the same fucking thing, but you're being applauded for it. You know, and it's just, it's the same thing with, um, I had a, wasn't my friend, wasn't my husband's friend either, okay? The, as you know, the tornado happened. Yeah. And we ended up having somebody stay at our house, and if you're watching this, I, that was a really, really terrible time for me. I did yeah. not enjoy that, like, no, at all. Was he fun. was probably the most misogynistic piece of shit I've ever met in my entire life. And that says a lot if anybody knew who my dad was growing up. Um, He was fucking terrible. And I mean, literally was trying to argue the age of consent. Terrible human being. But... How do you even argue that? That's what I said. And I'm like, um... Like, what was the... You know, because he he was saying, like, um, that the only reason why the age of consent has moved up in today's world is because of um is because of where we're at socially as a people and stuff like that and I was like or you know we just realized that a child's brain is not capable of making a massive decision like that about their life mm-hmm. you know and so and then I went on to say because he said well they were given choice and I was like it's a choice made out of obligation is not an actual choice mm-hmm. you know and he's like no it is is they're not good choices but you make that choice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you make the choice of being sold to somebody so that your family can eat and continue to live. Mm-hmm. Or you say, no, I don't want to get married and your whole family dies because y'all are fucking poor. How is that a personal choice? That's a yeah, no. choice made out of obligation. obligation. And <clears throat> he was like, no, it, it's, it's a personal choice. You either marry this guy or your family dies. Like, that is a choice that you make. And 
I'm sitting there, and of course, of course, he's like a super religious guy. And I'm like, looking at my husband like, why did you bring this guy home, you know? And I, I he did it because the poor guy, he got caught in the tornado, mm-hmm. and so um, his car was like, like flattened into nothing, you know? Like, <clears throat> it was super messed up, and so he didn't have any way to get out of all the wreckage and everything mm-hmm. like that, so my husband went to go pick him up. He stayed with us tonight. But I'm sitting here, and I'm listening to this guy speak and I'm I'm like blown away and I'm like there is no way that this is still how men are thinking in 2023. Mm-hmm. Also like you let him into y'all's home. Like, right and I'm like shut and your mouth. this is the argument you choose to make? Are you fucking joking? And then he just like he was going on about how we only um raise the age of consent because of where we're at socially and because it's not socially acceptable anymore i'm like yeah well no fucking shit i'm really glad that we fucking did that you know because marrying my daughter off as a child isn't something that is really appealing to me you know i would rather starve and fucking die before doing that um and then he also is of the belief that when bad things happen to women, it is because they're promiscuous or it's because it's their fault for putting themselves in that situation. And so, yeah. I bet your blood was just like, Barely. I can just like see you sitting there like, mm-hmm. No, and I was, I was uh, trying so hard to be nice as soon as he got I out of the car. I bet your husband too is just looking at you like, yeah, waiting no. for the bomb he, to just go off. I was like sitting there like, okay, I've worked on this in therapy like i need to calm down like i was the cobwebs what am i gonna do <laughs> no really i was raging inside and like i'm i'm really good at like containing mm-hmm. my rage oh my god as soon as he got out of the car my husband got in the passenger seat and i was like i never want to see him ever again in my entire fucking life and i was like why would you bring that man around our daughter like this i mean she's just a tiny little baby what? but he was like I had no idea that he believed like that. And, like, they don't get along at work. You know, yeah. this is some. This is a guy that um, my husband and their fellow people, you know, they, they hate this guy because mm-hmm. he is a problematic person. And he is very just, like, it's my way or the yeah, fucking highway. Yeah, probably thinks that. Yeah. And so Zach is known to knock people down a couple pegs, mm-hmm. especially at work. Um, and so is, you know, their friend group or whatever. Mm-hmm. I literally call them, um, the platypus five, the platypussy. Um, cause one time I was upset with Zach and I was like, get the fuck off me, you fucking platypus. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why would you call me that? He was so, uh, yeah. And so there's five of them that all hang out at work together and I call them the platypussy. And I don't think they know. Well, I mean, they're going to know now, but... Yeah, and so the the platypus five, they they all, you know, call this guy out all the time. And, you know, they this guy had no problem while he was in our house being like, yeah, well, you know, me and Millie have butted heads several times at work. And, you know, we've almost gotten into fights. We've been in each other's faces and stuff like that. And in my head, I'm thinking this whole time, like, and you still brought him home? Yeah, I'm like, and you're in my, like, in our house? Yeah, and... My, <laughs> Poor Zach, like, he he was like, I was trying to do something nice. Like, he called, like, what was I going to do? He's like, what if he went home and he just fucking killed himself? Like, that would have been my fault. And I'm like, oh, my, like, I get where you're coming from, but also he's a terrible person, you know? It's just baffling. But 
but yeah, going back to the point, he it, he is one of those men where like he can do something, and it's like, oh, I'm a man, you know, I, I'm entitled to do that, that I'm allowed to do that. But if a woman does it, all of a sudden it's like, fuck you, you're a harlot, scarlet letter, you know, like. No, for real. I feel like this guy would have, like, thrived in, like, the Blair Witch times (laughs) because, like, anything was just... Witch. No, for real. He was, like... I don't know. He was just the weirdest fucking person. There's no changing those people. Like... No, there's not. They're so hard-headed that it's just, like, not even worth it to, to try to change them. It's, like, all you can really do is just, like stand up for yourself yeah. in front of them because it makes them uncomfortable yeah and they thrive and a lot of times too they thrive off of making people uncomfortable but yeah. yet at the same time when they're called out for their shit they're like oh wait didn't expect that yeah like, it's like what do, what do you mean why are you saying this to me and it's like um hello <laughs> earth to asshole you're being a dick I literally had another time, like, speaking of disgusting men. <laughs> I'm had, so sorry to all the guys out there, but, like. Yeah, there's a lot of, there, like, I, my friends know me as the friend that is not afraid to, like, stand up for. Same. I'm just not afraid to stand up, you know? I'm not afraid. People are like, you're going to get yourself hurt one day. And like, I'm like, don't hurt my people. Don't yeah. hurt my people. I'm going to stand up if I stand up if I see you getting belittled, belittled if, if I see you getting verbally abused, if I see you uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I'm always just going to be that person that's like, <clears throat> bye. Like, yeah. you're Let's making not fucking do that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like every man I see, I'm like, what, let me let me scope out the bad thing and call him out no, on really. it. Like I just can quickly smell it. Like yeah. I can quickly smell. Like the majority the of men, I try to avoid because men scare me. You know, but I I have good relationships with yeah. with men in yep. my life. You know, and it's like y'all are a vibe. But I also feel like they're also the ones that are emotionally mature mm-hmm. and can carry themselves and and be that masculine man that is good yeah. that is doing good in the world and not have the toxic side of it. Yeah. You know, and I applaud those men, but the rest of them, I'm like, fucking ew, go see a therapist or call your mom, you know, like, and I feel like a lot, yeah, and I feel like the reason why there's so many men that are so hateful and disrespectful to women like that is because there's some woman in their life who broke their fragile little hearts and they just cannot get past it, and I feel like the number the number one issue that I run into with men who think that I'm too loud, that think that I'm too firm and, you know, I'm I'm not soft enough, I'm not feminine enough, you know, things like that, they always have issues with their moms. Mm. Every single one of them. And I'm like, you know, maybe go fix that first, then come back to me, you know, because... So you're not um, hitting other women so yeah. you don't hit your wife. Yeah, like, that's not a me problem. That's a definite, like, maybe try some inpatient therapy. Talk to her. For (laughs) real. Call your mom. Call your mom, you know. But I had another nasty man one time. The single most disgusting thing a man has ever told me. And, like, I'll have these conversations with my friends. Like, what's what's the nastiest thing a man's ever told you? But I, like, got to put my water bottle down for this. (laughs) I... Again, it was when I worked at the restaurant, I was in management. So where I worked, 
It was one company, but they were two separate concepts. So mm-hmm. there was one restaurant on the other side and one restaurant on the other side. They were connected through a kitchen and um, different menus, different concepts, whatever. So we had this guy. <sighs> he would, he put on this, I guess, face that he had all this money. He would go to both of our concepts and spend all this money. And oh, he was no. in the area and this, this and that. So, you know, I actually was told to be nice to him. And I was told to like, you know, butter him up a bit, which at the time I was like, yeah, I can, you know, I could do that. I was, I was, I was more no big comfortable deal. with doing that. Um, try to get him to spend money in the bar. Um, but still like keep my boundaries from him because mm-hmm. I could also just like smell, smell something on him. That was, he was, he was older. He was probably like maybe early fifties, late forties oh, kind of guy. And so he would frequent a lot. We'd be like, oh, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Johnson's here. Mr. Johnson's here. Aria, go out there. Aria, go out there and like oh, talk no. to him, talk to him. Um, one time we were on the restaurant side of the concepts and we're sitting at the bar and I had just started. My legs are covered in tattoos. <laughs> um, just started. They look getting... very good, by the way. Thank you. Thank Those you. have to be like some thank of the you. best leg tats I've ever <gasps> seen. Thank you so much. I want to get more. <laughs> same. But I only have one, but same. I want to get more. I had just started getting my tattoos, and I started, like, from the upper hip area and wor- worked my way down, and I had just got my first tattoo. This I have one, like, dead center of my thigh, and um, that was the first, like, really visible one that you could see through, like, what I would wear because I would wear skirts and stuff, mm-hmm. and I – maybe it was, like, a week after I got it. We were sitting at the bar, and he's talking to me, whatever. Um, he's one of those people that you don't even remember the conversations that you're having with him because oh, it's just like nice. you're just like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Do you want another drink? Uh huh, uh huh, oh, uh huh. No. Okay. And at some point, when he's complimenting me, they're going in one ear out the other, whatever. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And at some point, he's like, "What? What's that you got going on 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 your leg? Like, why are you why are you doing that?" What are you doing that to your leg for? And I'm like, oh, like the art on my leg, the tattoos? Yeah. He's like, yeah, like what's that What's that about? Like why are you doing all that? Why are you covering your legs up? And I'm like, well, because I like them. Yeah. Like because I think that they look nice. Why else? And I want to have art. I'm sorry, I'm not one of those people that I have meaning behind some of my tattoos, but you get to this stage where it's just like, that looks cool. I think I'd take that on my body forever. Same. No, my sister asked me just this past weekend, like she was like, what inspired the butterfly? And I was like, well, I like black work and I wanted like a black work piece. Yeah. And I thought, what better way than to just put a black work butterfly smack dab in the middle of my throat, you know? Absolutely. Like, no big deal. And, and I'm here for that. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't it doesn't really have a meaning. I was like, I mean, I collect, I collect um, like butterfly specimen, like the the pinned butterflies <gasps> that's so cool and so i was like you know i i really like you know that sounds so weird i, I i'm not a big fan of dead bugs you know but i'm a big fan yeah. of dead butterflies yeah. <laughs> so like, but yeah i was like i don't know that seems cool you know and she Absolutely. was like oh okay but it, i'm the same way like not every single one of my tattoos has to have meaning yep. i just i've got a flow going and i just kept yeah. going with it so he's asking what I'm doing about what, what are you doing and I'm like it's like it's just art it's tattoos like I like tattoos I want to have tattoos um, you know I think they look good and he literally says 
pause for dramatic effect. He literally is like, well, if you're going to be covering up your legs and stuff, covering up your beautiful legs, how am I going to know where to, and I was like, I was like, and then I started listening to the conversation and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, and he says, yeah, you know, how am I, how am I going to see, how am I going to know where to spit? I literally, my life chills everywhere because I still tell this story every time. And I'm like, I literally looked at him and I was like, I'll be right back. Disgusting. I oh my God. through the kitchen doors which the kitchen is like really close to the bar so i know he probably saw these fumes fuming i busted through the kitchen i'm talking flung that door all the way to where it hit the back and everybody was like what just happened and i marched to the back to where my other manager was and i was like i want him out i was like somebody get him the fuck out of our restaurant yeah i want him out and they're like what happened what happened i was like this motherfucker just asked me where he's gonna come on my leg first of all why are you doing that on somebody's leg Ew, i know oh my god what what the audacity like i was just so dumbfounded and i still think about it to this day like what were you thinking what kind of question is that what kind of response what in your right mind like made you think that that was an okay to sit Thing to say to somebody right. so i'm just screaming and raging like oh my Lord. get him out get him out and then my manager's like just take a second like you just need to take a second now fuck that a- a- right after i was like get him out i was like i'm gonna get him out so i like get up and i'm getting ready to go back out there because i'm like cannot about to stand up for myself now that yeah. i processed exactly what the heck he said yeah and he and my manager's like just take a seat just sit down just sit down just sit down and I can't, I wish I remember like exactly what happened, but I know he ended up leaving. Oh and my lord. I, he maybe came to the bar like once or twice after that. And everybody by then already knew what he said because oh. I was like, nope, this guy comes in, somebody let me know because yeah. I'm going to be in the I'll back. Plaster like, his face I on the not, fucking walls. Yeah, I do not want, but what also sucks is that he wasn't like they didn't say he was no longer allowed like so he wasn't banned yeah he wasn't banned he wasn't like told not to come back because what he did was absolutely inappropriate and disgusting and why would like if that if that happened to me and like one of my managing partners i would have been like that was absolutely inappropriate and uncalled for and this company does not stand for that kind of treatment so you need to leave and you are no longer welcome back yeah. here. Well, that like did not happen. So he came back a couple times. And when I saw him at the bar on the other side um, and he'd be like, where you been? And I literally told him away from you. Yeah. And like just walked and went to the other side. And then after that, I didn't see him. Didn't see him again. But he would just... He was one of those guys that was, I have all this money. Like, I think he thought he has all this money so he can just talk and treat yeah. other people however he wanted. And, you know, he might have cool guy other than that, other than that, like, comment. But, I, I mean, I might have been able to see, like, this guy's just full of himself. He's another one of those, like, yeah. rich dudes that just thinks that he's the shit and whatever, whatever. But I knew I smelt something on him because once he said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just could not like 
I could not fathom to even look at him. I couldn't believe that he literally yeah. said that. So And it's always the older ones that are so fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. I had two instances when I was working at the gas station. Um Oh my god. Ooh. The first one I had he was I hadn't seen him come in before, but he came in and um I was having a really bad knee problem because I got bad knees. Um and I was like, I had said something to my coworker and my coworker was like, well, you know, like put some ice on it, you know, you'll be fine, whatever. And I was like, okay, you know, cool. Went to go get an ice pack and this guy starts like asking me, oh, well, what happened to your, your knees, you know? And I told him like, oh, I used to be in volleyball and then, um, just like other dumb shit I did as a teenager, you know, I was like wild and reckless. So, yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, it just, it's what, it is what it is. I was... 18 at the time so I was like barely a fucking adult Mm -hmm. and so 18 19 and so this guy he just starts coming in and every time he comes in and it's every day at night every time I would work a night shift he would come in and so at night uh, during the night we would have like two people you know and then a couple hours before closing Mm -hmm. um typically it would just be down to one person especially Mm -hmm. on slower days like sunday night and monday night and stuff like that and so i didn't mind taking night shifts because i was all about working and trying to get as many hours as i could and so i was like yeah sure you know i don't have anything better to do and then zach after he would get off work he would come hang out Mm -hmm. you know there with me so i wasn't by myself Mm -hmm. and so i was like yeah whatever you know i got my boyfriend who gives who gives a fuck (laughs) But this guy would always come in and he would always, you know, ask how my knees were. And then it started being, well, if you end up needing surgery, I'll pay for it. And it was the same thing. Like, he was trying to boast how much money he had. Then um, I was telling him, like, yeah, I think I'm going to go see, like, a PCP to see if there's anything they can do, Mm -hmm. like, some physical therapy for it or whatever. And he's like, well, let me give you my guy's number. And I was like, oh, okay. It was his number. And so this guy starts blowing my phone up and I'm like telling Zach, like, this guy's being really fucking weird, you know? And he's like, what the fuck? You know, but he was an older man. So mm-hmm. I didn't think that he was intentionally mm-hmm. being a fucking pig, you know? What and did so he, say? Like, what, when, when he was just like, hey, him? how are you doing? You know, how's your knee today? Just like, just things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. But then it slowly started turning into, well, send me a picture of it. And I'm like, you want a picture of my knee, you know? And then, he or he would say, pics, yeah, right? or he would like, say, like, send me, send me a picture of your leg, you know? Let me, let me see your leg, things like that. And that was when I started getting really weirded out. So then um, that was when I was like, okay, like, you have to make sure that you're with me when, you know, my coworker leaves so that I'm not, like, by mm-hmm. myself. And he caught me one night, one night when I didn't have a coworker with me and when, you know, Zach couldn't make it to come sit with me and he would not fucking leave. So I remember texting my manager and being like, this guy will not fucking leave. Like Mm -hmm. he's scaring the fuck out of me. And then um, something happened where I wasn't working. My coworker was working and he came in specifically asking for me Mm -hmm. and he was getting all upset because my coworker wouldn't tell him where where I was, what I was doing. And... You know, my manager messaged me and she's like, who is this guy? And I'm like, he's the fucking creep. He's the mm-hmm. one that is like, he scares the fuck out of me because he would always wait until it was nighttime to come in. And then he would sit there and talk to me first. And then like he would wait until it was time to close. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there mm-hmm. like trying to close up, trying to walk, 
the register money back and stuff like that. And I'm like, in those situations, you just go into like panic mode because mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, like it's gonna wait for me outside. Like, yeah, no. And I was like, <clears throat> this is fucking scary. And so finally, she banned him from because they needed to be able to like see it on the cameras, you know. And she ended up telling the owner and was like, hey, there's a customer that comes in. She's he's scaring the fuck out of one of my employees. And the owner was like, I don't fucking want him in here. Get him the fuck out. And I was like, oh my god, praise you. I am love that, and I'm super surprised that like especially working at a gas station that they yeah. were cognizant. To those kind of well things. the second one they didn't the oh. second one he he was a regular and so and with the regulars you know i did the same thing i flirted it up mm-hmm. you know buy some lottery tickets mm-hmm. things like that and um we had a really we had two really old old men that would come in and they were just the sweetest things mm-hmm. ever like one of them would occasionally say something inappropriate but it was very easy for me to be like what was that mm-hmm. and he'd be like oh darling i'm just joking you know and i'm mm-hmm. like yeah let's not joke like that and he's like oh okay you know and he'd go back <laughs> to his scratch off and he was easy to manage yeah. you know and but this one guy he came in and it was always like like fun it was like fun little banter mm-hmm. you know and it wasn't just with me so i didn't feel singled out mm-hmm. you know and it wasn't enough to, like, make me and the other girls uncomfortable. It was just, like, you're fucking weird, but yeah, got it. Guy. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> he, he, that's just he's him, you know? So then I was talking about needing some extra cash. So he was like, well, let me um, reach out to my wife, you know, because mm-hmm. she's looking for a house cleaner. So I was like, oh, perfect. I can clean houses. So then he actually ended up back when you could message somebody on Messenger without being friends with them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. He sent me a message. And I was like, oh, okay, because that's how I had um, conversed with him about setting up a meeting with his wife Mm -hmm. and things like that. Well, he was so fucking inappropriate and was pretty much like, do you want to start something and, um, you know, not not let my wife know about it? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck? You don't want your wife to know I'm cleaning your counters? Right. And I was like. (laughs) What? And so I, I gave the phone to Zach because I was like, am I, like, misreading this? Like, what is he talking about? And Zach's like, he wants to fuck you. And I'm like, no! Oh, my God! And so um, I told my manager about it, and she's like, okay, I'll handle it, you know. But he he came in occasionally, but I noticed that, like, he would drive through the parking lot and look through the glass door, no. and if I was working, he would keep driving. And I'm like, yeah, bitch. Yeah, okay, you know, well, like, that's, I'm like, no, because that's creepy, but also, yes, keep driving. Yeah, like, don't come in. I just was like, what the fuck is going on? And that, I, like I told you, there's just so many interactions I've had with men where I'm like, you're fucking pigs. Like, who, who finds that attractive? Who told you, yeah, this is the way you need to speak to women because they're totally mm-hmm. going to think it's hot. They like, love it. You're getting your advice from other mm-hmm. men who also don't get women? Like, what? You know, use your brain and maybe talk to a woman and say, hey, you know, how do women want to be approached? Because I guarantee you it's not like that. There are probably a few women that don't mind it or, you know, think it's attractive, whatever. I am not one of those women. Nope, me either. I'm definitely, definitely like, like, especially with Zach. Zach will tell you, you know, like, I am very, I have to be respected mm-hmm. or I don't respect you, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people I run into of the male species I just it it, like you said it's just immediately right Mm -hmm. off the bat you know like oh Oh, I can sniff this out yeah like you're not a good person and I was telling my husband 
because we've had several conversations, you know, especially having three boys to raise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's appropriate and what's not appropriate when it comes to masculinity and things like that. And like I said, there is a very healthy dose of masculinity I feel like men can have. And mm-hmm. when they um, showcase it properly, that's what gets you the wife yes. and the kids. That's yep. what gets you a good marriage because you're masculine in all the right ways, mm-hmm. you know. But this whole oh, I can't be emotionally available because I'm a man, that's disgusting. You can't comfort me in my time of need Mm -hmm. because you're a man. Mm -hmm. You can't be vulnerable and express to me that you're sad or that something's going on with you because you're a man. Like, that immediate fucking turn off with me, you know? And, like, with Zach, he has no problem telling me, like, hey, you know, I'm not having a good day today. And he is all for mental health. And especially with the boys, like, he doesn't do the whole stop crying there's nothing to cry about or you know be a big boy you you need to stop crying he every single time he's like what happened Mm -hmm. tell me what happened you know Mm -hmm. what's going on what are you feeling Mm -hmm. things like that and it's so it's so attractive to me and i'm like that's so fucking Mm -hmm. hot you know and i feel like if more men were like that Mm -hmm. they would definitely be happier men out there yes because it's like it's not that hard to just a be a decent human being be not be a misogynistic piece of shit and then three see you know like show your emotions let let people see who you are because yeah like you just want the whole world to believe that you're that you're kin in your mojo dojo casa house like nobody likes that shit no they don't and it goes back from like even in like middle school I'm like, as I'm like sitting here, I'm thinking about now, I'm like, I'm thinking about just how like, even in middle school, like, you know, people know there was like the different days of the week for the different things that like people did. Yeah. Like slap ass Friday. That Exactly. I'm like slap ass Friday. I remember being so embarrassed. I used to wear the miss me jeans with the rhinestones on them specifically. So it would hurt anytime a guy smacked my ass. And it's just wild that... I think these, like, young boys, like, what are you seeing at home? Yeah. What are you, like, what is going on to, like, I remember, like, and I know a lot of people have a different view about me and who I was in middle school and high school and whatever, but what they don't, (laughs) what they don't know is, like, in middle school, I literally, that would happen to me, I would get my ass slapped and I would cry. Like, I remember a couple times teachers saw me get my ass slapped and, and did they nothing. would just look like they yeah. would just look at me and I would be so embarrassed because one that happened and everyone heard it like there was this one guy named Kyle of course his name is fucking Kyle right he would literally run down the hallway and scream slap ass Friday and I would like turn like right before and he would just like come and smack my ass and I just would be so embarrassed because people would just be standing there like laughing. And then I remember yeah. one time I saw a math teacher just like look at me and it, and it was a female too. So I was like, I felt real hurt. Yeah. Just look at me and I just would walk to the bathroom. One, it hurt. Yeah. Two, like I was so embarrassed and so embarrassed that these teachers are seeing this happen to me. And now they have this like image of me. And instead of like comforting me and one getting like, that I remember the other teacher that saw it happen was just like, hey. Yeah. That was it. Like, that was yeah. the extent to 
them doing anything about what they literally just witnessed in front of them. And I would just go to the bathroom and like cry because I was so, 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 so embarrassed that that was happening to me. And now I think about, about it as an adult and I'm like, what? are you seeing like what are you being taught like right in your right mind like because then you see how you're raising your own kids yes i'm like a little boy like oh my goodness like the number one thing that we always teach our boys is boundaries Mm -hmm. i i feel like i say that so many times in a week span i'm always like boundaries Uh -uh. remember boundaries Mm -hmm. You know, because I I don't want to raise those evil little shits. Mm-hmm. And, like, if they only get worse into high school. Like, I had a group of friends, you know, that were the, the hillbillies, the hicks, you know, stuff like that. And there was one time, three of them, I wore some flower pants to school because those were Zach's favorite pants that I wore. And so I Who wore those with um, a yellow crop top. That was like his favorite outfit. And we were in the middle of arguing and so I wanted to like show up and you know, be at my best. Mm-hmm. And um, I showed up and three of the guys that were in our group would not shut up about my boobs, about my butt. And I remember feeling so fucking disgusting and it was a complete opposite reaction of what I was trying to do. I was trying to feel Mm -hmm. confident and be like, you know, you want to argue with me? Fuck you, Mm -hmm. you know? But instead I get these three dudes that are just like being disgusting and Mm -hmm. commenting on every single part of my body. And in high school, I was one of the thicker girls. I wasn't the skinny mini, you Mm -hmm. know? I had hips and it was just like the, the thing. And I had a little pudge in my belly and you know, it was just disgusting listening to them compare me to the other girls in the group. And then, you know, high school already is, like, such a toxic place. You know, it's yeah. just full of fucking hormonal teenagers. So even even those girls, you know, they're like, ah, ha, ha, you know, we are skinnier, ha, ha, ha. And I remember going home that day. I threw those pants in the trash. I never fucking wore them again. I was so upset and so just disgusted with my body mm-hmm. and especially during that time that was also during like peak eating disorder time and Mm -hmm. so it was like I'm already fucking starving myself like what more do you want me to do Mm -hmm. and I remember a lot of my issues with Zach was that he was in high school I I just saw him as too nice Mm -hmm. because I was so used to the assholes Mm -hmm. and so I remember you know telling my friends like I don't know he's just too nice you know and You've never now, seen that. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh, thank God I married a nice person, you know? But, like, there was another dude named Max, and he was, like, a nerdy guy and everything like that. And, like, looking back now, I'm like, oh, my God, I was such a piece of shit because he had the biggest crush on me, but he was too nice. Mm-hmm. He didn't slap my ass. He didn't talk to me like I was a dumb bitch. Mm-hmm. He respected me. He respected my thoughts. Mm-hmm. He treated me like I was of equal value to mm-hmm. him. And I remember he walked up to me at, while I was at a table with, I think I had, like it was like four or five of my girlfriends, walked up to me and just in front of everybody was like, will you be my girlfriend? And I was mortified because I'm like, here's this nerdy guy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, actually I have a girlfriend. I lied about being a lesbian 
so, and I was like, this. love when men make us pull that card. I know, and I was just like, oh my god. But looking back now, I'm like, oh my, god. like I hope if you're out there that you're happy and you're married and you have the best life ever. Because he was so sweet, he was so nice, you know. And mm-hmm. there's there were a couple other guys like that. I just never gave them any time of day because I was like, you're too nice, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you grow up and you realize like those are the fucking guys you want, the ones that are being mocked for being. Um, emotional or, you know, crying at their favorite movie or whatever, the ones that the other guys are like, oh, you're a fucking pussy. Mm -hmm. You want those guys. You want to have babies with those guys. You want those guys to be the father of your children because they are going to be the emotionally mature ones. They are going to be the well-rounded, healthy, masculine men. They're going to be that macho guy when you need them to be, but they're also going to be soft and kind Mm -hmm. and loving when you need them to be. Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, I definitely feel like it's just, like, I I don't know. I feel like there's just, like, a couple generations worth where it's, like, if you cry, you're a pussy. And then it's just, like, here, be a real man. Watch porn. Watch, watch this. Do this. Do this. Do this. And mm-hmm. then you've got all these men now that are, like, I hate women and I can't find a marriage and you know women hate me and that's why I'm single and it's, it's not like my problem. Yeah, it's it's like they they think that them being single has nothing to do with them and it's like it has everything to do with you because Yeah. <laughs> and it's like do you ever like wonder why no one wants to be with you, you know? And it's just it's wild to me. It's wild to me that like people don't put two and two together and like, I just watched this TikTok of this girl that was, like, buying a gift for men today is so fucking weird because all of your interests were beaten out of you as a child and, you know, you were told that anything you were into was fucking gay and that you couldn't mm-hmm. like it. So now what do I get you? Whiskey rocks? A gun? And I'm like, that is so fucking true yeah, because when I'm buying gifts for anybody other than my husband, I'm like, what do I get you? Like, you all have the same personality. You all, you all want... have the mask on. Yeah, like, what are you at? You want puzzles? I'll fucking buy you puzzles, you know? like puzzles. Right, like, I'll get you whatever you're fucking interested in. And, you know, with my kids now, it's like, I'm, I'm try to raise them to just, like, be so confident in who they are because they are emotional kids. They are, you know, I, especially my second son, he is incredibly tenderhearted and... Although it's frustrating for us sometimes because we're like, you know, why are you throwing a fit over that? Yeah. At the same time, I'm like, you're going to be so emotionally available. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to be such a good husband, yeah. you know? And, like, it just, things like that. I'm like, the guys that we grew up with, how did their parents look at them and be like, oh, yeah. I did that. You're a winner. <laughs> yep. I that's all me, you know? that every, like, I've always had this thing contrary to popular belief I'm sure like the people that I always dated what always interested me what always had me interested in like a serious relationship with somebody was them like never taking a physical approach to me because that's what I was so used to from like a young age with boys because again obviously like people oh like I don't know what guys thought like the tagline of hey, nice ass, want to chat, like, th- yeah. where they thought that was going to get them. But that's just so, like, what I was used to, that when I would have just, like, genuine conversation, which was just so 
so rare from so many just boys growing up that I was automatically like, oh, you haven't said anything about my ass yet. Like, yeah, that's great. Like, I love that. So dating around like that would be something that was always on my list of like making sure that they're not the type of man or boy to just automatically go to like nice boobs nice ass yeah. because like that is not something some again some women love to each their own you know you might yeah. people might reach for that they might want that and that's fine whatever your needs are but that was not my need yeah i'm not a so surface level person used to used to that and i definitely think like meeting my husband he just came out of you know he just came out of nowhere and he was just so like conversational so yeah. interested like one of the first conversations we had he had told me that he saw a doctor who sticker on my water bottle and he was like oh that girl's got depth you know yeah. like she's got a doctor who sticker like because surface level again i was just this you know contrary to what i thought just pretty like pretty face you yeah. know woman manager confident like headstrong looks good you know um but there was more to me than that yeah. and he was able to see past that all without using the tagline nice ass like you yeah. look good not even like you're so beautiful like i don't even think i mean obviously he called me beautiful and gorgeous whatever all of that but that wasn't even something that that wasn't the focus yes of it all. yeah like when he actually to when he actually called me beautiful for the first time or that i was pretty or whatever like i actually felt it like yeah. i was like oh, he really does think i'm yeah i'm beautiful because it wasn't he, he knew that wasn't the first thing that needed to come out to get me yeah. like you're beautiful like he knew that people were telling telling me that you know yeah. so as soon as and he grew up with a bunch of sisters so like um. youngest he's the youngest of i'd have to count them all but like four five sisters and an older two older brothers so he was the youngest watched them all grow up but lots and lots of sisters so he was able to like learn the right yeah. way and you know high school's different everybody's a different person in high school if you if you think you know somebody from high school you, you I, don't you do not i promise you you do not you don't know that person that's anymore. the thing i have to keep saying like, because i'm like <laughs> Listen, mm -hmm. I, knew, I I was a fucking hater in high school, okay? I was a terrible person. I'm not that person anymore. I have, yeah. Everybody everybody has their, like, pool of issues that they had yeah. in high school. So, contrary to what other people might have thought of him, like, meeting him in the adult world, because we yeah. met as adults, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy is great. And you know what? He even says, like, I was an asshole in college. Like, I was an asshole. I did this and that. Like, I did all these wrong things. But he said that he, like really took time after high school to like self self-reflect yeah. and realize that maybe he had some growing to do and he had some issues and was actually able to internalize and become a better person and a better right? man to where when i met him and you know i might have heard some things about him i i was like what do you mean like that is not no i love who he is as a person like he's yeah. he's he's great he treats me with the most respect like i can see he's genuinely caring he's in tune with his emotions like yeah all of these wonderful traits about him like that i really love so it's you can either be that person that you were that horrible toxic 
pig of a boy and continue to grow into that in your and man life. And then raise more of those. And then raise more. Or you can realize, and even if it happens late, it's yeah. better late than never. Realize like, Seriously. hey, I might have some of these issues or some of these things I need to work through if I want a better outcome in my life yeah. and work on them and then implement them. And you'd be just so surprised. And the men that I have noticed go from being woman haters to just being like a decent human being, they're also a fuck ton happier Mm -hmm. too. And it's like, (laughs) it's got to stem from somewhere. It's got to stem from some sort of unhappiness that you were carrying around with you that you are then projecting onto women, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, like with Zach in high school, like I said, in high school, we were both... He, I was more fucked up than he was. He was an asshole, but, like, I was a raging cunt. Okay? I was a terrible person. Teenage uh, Yeah, for real. But I was also, like, also on the other end of bullying mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I, I for sure will take full accountability. I was on both sides mm-hmm. of that. You know? And, like, too. I was the catty girl, but then I was also the one on the receiving end, you know, mm-hmm. just dealing with all of that. And I'm I'm obviously not who I was in high school, but neither neither was my husband. You know, my husband was he was an asshole too. And so it's nice to like hear people's stories where they're like, Oh yeah, we met after high school, you know, but then it's also nice to see how far me and my husband have come mm-hmm. from because you went through that growth together yeah and it was like hard. it definitely it, it's definitely that feeling of like I don't even know who you are mm-hmm. because you haven't fully worked on yourself yet you mm-hmm. know so you're watching this person go through all these changes and it's like who are you becoming you know mm-hmm. and then but then to see the outcome it's like oh it was so worth it you know but like and you can love them through every stage like yeah me and my husband always say we're always like like, I'm going to love you through every stage, you know? Yeah. Like, you're going to... To expect one person that you marry and are, you know, signing and agreeing to be with for as long as time... To only to be only, one person? Yeah, to only expect them to be one person or think that they're only going to be one person is just, like, not a good way of thinking. And you have to de- realize, like, everybody has growth throughout their life at all different times not just when they're younger you know when yeah. they're older too so you have to be there for all of those different growths that they go yeah. through um whether that's good bad whatever it's just all part of i guess like the process yeah but i'm like speaking of speaking of nasty men and good men i really want to know how you and your husband met oh my god now that we're talking okay. about him so I'm like shut the door. Shh. Yeah, no. Okay, so we actually so we ha- we hung out in the same friend group and um I was always somebody who showed up to school early. He always showed up super fucking late and I remember like getting glimpses of him but I didn't really pay attention to him, mm-hmm. I guess, you know. And there was oh my god. So there was um one morning he came in, he had breakfast tacos and he was like, Does anybody want a taco? And um one of the guys threw the taco at me and I remember, you know, being like, You fucking asshole like I was so pissed about it and he walked up, he's like, Oh my bad like in his Zach voice, Oh my bad mm-hmm. You know, that was my taco And he walked away, and I remember looking one of my girlfriends dead in her face and was like, I'm either going to marry him or ruin his life. 
And after that, it was the voice. It was the voice that sold me 100%. And I didn't even get, like, a good look at his face. And after that, I was just like, oh, okay. So then, you know, I started dressing a little cuter and trying to get him to notice me. And, like, this guy was, like, so fucking oblivious. And, or at least what I thought. I thought, like, oh, he is so not interested in me at all. Well, I went home. It was a weekend. I went home and I have this comment on my Instagram on one of my pictures. And I wish I still had my old account so I could go back to it. Mm-hmm. And he comments and he's like, hey, you should you should text me sometime. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, his, uh, his handle is like King Zulu Alpha Mike or whatever. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy, you know? So then I click on his page. He's got no pictures of himself, nothing. And so They're immediately like I'm like, yeah, immediately I'm like, ew, who are you, you know? And so I was like, what the fuck? I screenshot it, I sent it to my friend. And she's like, that's Millie. And I'm like, who the fuck is Millie? And she's like, you know, the guy. And I'm like, the no, voice. Like, yeah, I'm like, no, who? And so I start messaging him and, you know, we're talking and everything like that. And he wasn't, like, he didn't comment and say, like, oh, I think you're so fucking hot, mm-hmm. you know, text me or anything like that. He just immediately was like, so what are you into? Like, what, what do you find cool? What are your interests and stuff like that? And I remember being like, mm-hmm ew, why are you asking me this, right? Because I'm so used to guys being like, send me a pic, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and um, I told him how I was really into Slipknot. Mm -hmm. And so he shows up to school that following Monday and he's like, hey, you know, this is the album I'm listening to. And so we started listening to the same album, you know? With the headphones with the cord. Yeah, like sharing the headphones. (laughs) And then... Um, at some point, um, he had this girl who was, like, super just, like, she was obsessed with him, but not in a good way. She was obsessed with him because he was spending money on her, because he was giving her her time, giving her his time, but, and because he loved her, mm-hmm. and, but she wasn't giving him the time. She wanted no commitment on her end, yeah. only from him. She wanted him fully committed to her, mm-hmm. but nothing reciprocated. And her and her best friend actually were like that. And I remember watching him go through all of this and sitting there thinking for the longest time, I was like, oh, you're a fuck boy. You know, like you're sitting here telling me that you're interested in my brain and my thoughts and and what I care about. But then you're sitting here talking to these other girls and stuff like that. And, you know, it was a fucking high school. He he thought he was in love and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, my God, he had hard eyes, you know, and his parents told me several times, you know, that they always thought he was going to end up married to a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm the complete fucking opposite, you know? And so, um, but yeah, and so I I didn't take him seriously because I felt like he wasn't taking me seriously. Mm -hmm. And so, again, just watching each other go through those stages and watching him have his heart broken over and over and over again, there were some times where I was like, okay, you know, like, you want to hang out? Stuff like that. But then there were other times where I'm like, fuck you. You get what you get, you know? But it didn't matter what I was going through. Mm -hmm. He showed up no matter what. That's why I'm always Mm -hmm. like, Zach was an asshole, you know? And he, like, he, he flirted with other girls and stuff like that. But it didn't matter what time of day I needed him. If I called him, he was like, I'm on the, I'm on the way, you know? Mm-hmm. And my dad at the time hated that. And he actually called me Zach's fire hydrant. He's like, that boy has pissed all over you. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And like, just pretty much because I would go home and I would be like, okay, nobody wants to date me because, or, and take me seriously Mm -hmm. because of Zach, you know? And then (sighs) any boyfriend I had, I was not allowed to speak to Zach. It was a rule in Mm. all of my relationships that I was not. And I actually had one boyfriend who threw my phone, threw my phone and broke it because he saw me texting Zach. And it wasn't even anything inappropriate. It was, Mm -hmm. hey, how are you doing? You know, I haven't spoken Mm -hmm. to you in a while. Took my phone, smashed it, like threw it, smashed it, broke it. Because he was so pissed that I was texting Zach. And... It was like we just had that relationship, you know. It didn't matter what he was doing. It didn't matter what I was doing. Like, we always came back together. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he would drive me to work. He would pick me up from work. If I called him and was like, you know, hey, my dad's being a dick. I'm going to sneak out the window. Can you come get me? He's like, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. like, he never questioned anything. It was just, I'll be there. Yeah. You know, and he has always been like that through everything. And, like... He really has loved yeah. me through all my phases. And I remember in high school, like, it slowly just started becoming a thing where, like, people wouldn't date him because they knew that, like, like he was mine, you mm-hmm. know? Even though I hadn't actually claimed yeah, him. Yeah. And people wouldn't date mm-hmm. me because they knew he had already marked his territory, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, um, we ended up actually having an art class together his senior year. Um, Because I was a junior at the time. And so, oh, my God. This is so awkward. I I seriously hope she never watches this shit. There's this girl. I fucking hated her because she was all over him all the time. She was obsessed with him. Wanted wanted what wasn't her. Yeah, and she was a freshman. And I remember, Mm. like, always telling her, like, you don't belong here, bitch. <laughs> I was. She's like, your art sucks. For real. Like, I, I had no idea. I have no idea how this girl was even connected to our friend group. But she just showed up one day. And she was the girl that, like, pushed her tits out and, you know, mm-hmm. wore all the tight clothes. And I was the girl who wore leggings and baggy t-shirts to school. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I got territorial, you know. Yeah. I, I felt threatened. I felt mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, she's going to take my man, you know. Mm-hmm. And she worked tirelessly to do that um and so I remember we were in art class and it was me um my friend Alyssa Zach and then this fucking girl and Zach could not stand her all the time he'd be like this bitch is annoying but like I was trying to get him to see like hello Mm -hmm. she's trying to fuck you you know and like he just wouldn't see it and so he would actually trade spots with my friend Alyssa so that we could listen to music together and everything like that. And then I would help him with his assignments for art class and he'd show me new music he found Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And like, it just became a thing where even our art teacher was like, you know, make sure you put the chairs back whenever you're done, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And it was just like, we were always together all the time. He would walk me to my classes. He would wait for me after my classes. Like, he was just there. And yeah. I feel like a lot of times, especially in high school, I just took him for granted because he was too nice, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember all the time where he was like, why won't you just be my girlfriend? I'm like, I, I can't. Like, you're you're too nice, yeah. you know? And hmm. it seems like he was, like, trying to, like, he knew you would have been out of his comfort zone a little bit. But also yeah. he knew that he really enjoyed more than just, like, the surface level yeah. that he was used to getting. And he would always tell me all the time, he would always tell me, why are you acting like that? 
you know, like if I was being extra bitchy one day because I was with a certain group of girls mm-hmm. or whatever, he would always say like, why, why are yeah. you talking to me like that? Like, you know, we were just vibing and stuff like that. But I just, I thought he was too nice. He wasn't cool enough mm-hmm. for me today and stuff like that. And, you know, like he, he always tells me like, you were always the one I just couldn't have. I couldn't mm-hmm. lock you down because you were just wild and and I was I was all over the place as a teenager I was absolutely fucking unhinged I mean, you know so, but. yeah and like he was just like he always grounded me he was always like it didn't matter what I did how far I went how long I went without speaking to him if I got randomly pissed off at him for something it didn't matter as yeah. soon as I texted him he was there you know and I know a lot of people are gonna be like that's fucking toxic you know whatever but I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're married now. We yeah. have kids. And, like, he is my absolute best friend, yeah. you know? And so... That's what it sounded like that was being created first, if anything. Yeah. I think it's toxic. And so, like, I didn't get to meet him, you know, once we were both, like, full-fledged adults and stuff like that. But he was my best friend yeah. first. He still is my best mm-hmm. friend, you know? Like, there's not a per... I always tell him... God forbid anything ever happened to our marriage. I'm never, like, I will have a heterosexual life partner. I will never marry another man in my life. I just don't think I could fucking do that, Mm -hmm. you know, because I have known Zach for going on 12 years. It's a long time. Yeah, and it's like we have grown so much Mm -hmm. together and independently, you know, in in those 12 years. Like, he is my right hand he is my person he is my absolute best friend there's not a soul on this earth that knows me the way that he knows me and you know it's in the end like the nice guys always win yes they always win and like i feel like that's something that a lot of people need to understand like right now you're getting all the bitches you're getting all the hoes and stuff like that because you're this big macho man Mm -hmm. but it's not gonna last you're not gonna find an actual relationship until you learn how to be a nice person you know and like zach will tell you like oh i was a fuck boy and you know whatever but he wasn't like that with me yeah and that was the number one thing that stood out and that's i absolutely loved and adored him as my best friend in high school and i used to always tell myself like it's never going to go any further than that you know because i i just didn't think i was ever going to be capable of that yeah and then fast forward I had just found out that um, one of my boyfriends had attempted to cheat on me. I caught him. And I caught him the old school way. I I was like, how, how, how? I made a fake Instagram account. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I had a suspicion. I had a feeling. And I was like, "Mm." And I watched him. Again, I was a shitty person. I used to have an old best friend who shouldn't, we shouldn't have never been (gasps) friends. Like. Those happen. She was fucking insane fucking crazy and like she was part of my mine and her friendship ended because um she went to taft i was going to Mm o'connor and um her and her friend something had happened and she had i was like it was peak eating disorder peak depression all of that shit and she had actually texted me and said if you need some razor blades to go ahead and slit your wrist let me know i'll send them to you yeah like, and, you know, it, this was a girl where we spent weeks at each other's houses, you know. My, my mouth is still opened under my hand. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we should have never been friends. It was definitely a situation of, mm-hmm. 
you know, we were friends when we were both ugly girls together, ugly little middle school kids together. And she got prettier. She got hotter. And it went straight to her Mm -hmm. fucking head, you know. And Mm -hmm. I was trying so hard to hold on to that friendship. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't work out. And so, you know, it, it... And then... Actually, no. The fight that we were getting into was because she was cheating on her boyfriend. I didn't say anything about it. And then me and Zach hung out with her with one of our other friends and she was all over Zach. And I was like, teenage self, I texted her boyfriend at the time and was like, your girlfriend is trying to hook up with my man, you know? Like, he wasn't even mine at the time. But then also kind of find out, like, she he didn't leave her over that. He left her over the fact that she cheated on him and then was also apparently stealing from his family. Ooh. Like his like stealing from his sister. What a and great stuff. girl. That's what I'm like, I should have that BFFs. was such Why a aren't y'all still friends? I know. I was like, <laughs> that was such a toxic friendship, you know? But anyways, this guy that I was dating was actually her ex. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was like, I was kind of a piece of shit, you know? But so I dated this guy. He was, in fact, a piece of shit, you mm-hmm. know, and I just had a feeling. I had a suspicion. And so I made a fake Instagram account and I baited his ass and he fell for that shit so quick. Love it. And then I was, and then we were like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, we'll get back together. We'll try to work it out. And then mm-hmm. it was just like, no, fuck you, you know? And then um, about a month passed and Zach messages me out of fucking nowhere and he's like, hey, how you doing, you know? And... I didn't want to admit, like, dude, I just got out of a relationship. Yeah. Like, I'm working fucking 12-hour shifts at a fucking factory plant in middle of nowhere, Texas. Like, I'm not doing good, you yeah. know? And like, so um, he was like, oh, that's fine, you know? And then he just immediately picked back up. So are you going to be my girlfriend yet? And I was like, no, you fucking psycho. Like, what is going on with you? And so... He just kept with it, kept with it, kept with it, and then... Because he knew it was real. Like, he knew that it was He was like, I'm fucking doing this shit. Surface level. So, you were giving him more than just, like, a pretty face and, like... Yeah, and, like, like, and he just... So, <laughs> he kept asking me to be his girlfriend, and I was like, no, no, no. So, <laughs> then, um, April 1st, on April Fool's, I called him, or no, I texted him, and I was like, okay, fine, I'll be your girlfriend. And he actually, he was, um, he was in college at the time and he was hanging out with his friend and he will tell you, he showed his friend and was like, look, I got like, yeah, he's like, look, I got a girlfriend. And the guy was like, dude, no way. And then immediately I was like, ah, April Fool's. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And I felt so bad because he called me. He's like, are you being serious right now? And I was like. Oh, I'm just uh, kidding. I'm just okay. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll actually be boyfriend and girlfriend. Even though, like, I had no intention of being with him long term. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll entertain it. And then I think it was like two weeks later, because he had come out to visit me a couple times, and I remember his parents were like, "What the fuck?" Because when he graduated high school, they took him on a trip to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Well, anytime he could. He wanted to be in the hotel room so that we could call and text each other. And his parents are sitting there like... We're in Ireland. Yeah. Like, get the fuck off your phone. And he's like, I just got to talk to Cass real quick, you know? And then so when he came home for spring break, I think it was, and his parents were like trying to spend time with him, he was like, I'm going to go see Cass. And so, yeah, it was just... Oh, my God. Fast forward, though. Yeah. And so... 
he's living in Arizona and a couple weeks go by and he's like, I just, I don't like doing this whole, you know, living in two separate states thing. And I was like, okay, well, get the fuck over it. You know, <laughs> like I'm working. And he's like, well, you're going to quit your job and I'm going to fly you out to Arizona. Mm. And I was like, I can't fucking do that. You know, I'll, I'll take time off. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't own much at the time because I was very much just like a living by the flight of my seat kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like everything I owned could fit into one or two suitcases. Yeah. And so I packed up everything I owned because that's all I had. I was staying at my brother's house. And um. I remember thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna go. And my ex-sister-in-law was like, if you don't get on that fucking plane, I fucking will. Because she fell in love when he came to visit during that spring break time. Um, she was coming outside. He got up mm-hmm. and gave her his seat. And she was like, oh my God. And Aww. in my head, I'm thinking like, what? He does that all the time. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she's sitting here like, bitch, I met the people you date. They're terrible, you know? <laughs> And so she was like, you need to go. And so I did. And I remember I used to hate tulips. I thought I used to think that they looked like fucking tampons. I thought they were so fucking ugly. And no, I'm not. I'm going to see tampons when I look at tulips, right? And so I'm coming down the little like uh, escalator stairs or whatever. And there he is standing at the bottom of them with purple tulips. (gasps) And he was so nervous. He was shaking, shaking like a fucking leaf. And we were in like a pay by the week studio apartment Mm -hmm. kind of thing and like he and I will both tell you that was the best time of our lives that was just like just the two of us together no care in the world he finished his semester um at that college and then we ended up moving back Mm -hmm. to Texas and you know we got an apartment together and then I got pregnant and then which that's a big thing that people don't understand is I was engaged before I got pregnant, I feel like a lot of people get that reverse and they're like, oh, you got pregnant, so then you got married. It was like, I was engaged, That's then okay. I got pregnant, then I got married. So Even if Noah and I got pregnant and then got engaged, but this is what I did, right? Okay, so we were pregnant and we hadn't announced that I was pregnant yet. And shortly after we were pregnant, we got engaged. We knew like, I don't know. We both just knew like that this was it was going to be it. Like this was going to yeah. be it. Like this this is my person. Like we knew quick. Like you know, we were dating for two years maybe, but like we just knew. Yeah. And, we and like, I well, feel we like it clicks. Get- like yes, it, it, really it really is true. When you know, you know. Yes. Yeah, so we were like, well, we know we want to get married. Like now I'm just pregnant. So we got engaged, and then I had posted that we had got engaged first. What? This was not... I mean, people knew that I was pregnant, so I don't know what I thought I was pulling off, saying that we were engaged first and then I was and then pregnant, but that's not how it was. I was pregnant first and then we got engaged. I just posted them opposite. So it was like, no, we got engaged first and then I got pregnant, but that's not... That's not how it went because now I don't... I, I don't give a fuck. We're... Yeah. We are happily married. We are happily going to be together forever and... Yeah, grow our family and like at the time I cared about what people thought that was my big thing too I was so concerned yeah, I'm like, but who cares what order yeah it went in who cares like got an apartment together got pregnant then got engaged then got married and like all of this the same now we're all like we're married as we're no married different than we would be if I if we got engaged first before I was pregnant yeah. and I you still would have been no like different with our kid if yeah 
it was reversed anyway. So well, I'm see, like, and like his parents were like, we, I called it. We, we knew that you'd be pregnant within the first six months of y'all getting your apartment together and, you know, things like that. But <clears throat> I, I look back and I'm like, I don't, I really don't fucking give a shit, you know, because yeah. we got, because a lot of people were like, damn, that was fast because we got engaged in September of 2016. I got pregnant in April of 2017, got married September of 2017, and then had my oldest son January of 2018. And so... But y'all don't need to just high school. Yeah, like, and that so relationship was brewing. That's how, like, that's how we saw it. You know, I, I'm sitting there thinking, like, I've known this guy pretty mm -hmm. much half my fucking life. Yeah, you know, like especially when so much of it was wasted. Like, yeah, away, so yeah, and so I'm like, I, you know, I'm not. I don't really care, you know. Yeah. And I did lose a lot of friendships because I was I got married at 19 and had a baby at 20, mm -hmm. you know, and. It was a lot, and I lost friends because they weren't on that same level mm -hmm. yet, you know, with their relationships, but it didn't really fucking matter to me, and then I feel like after that, we just kept popping out babies, and now after number four, I'm like, that's it. No I'm more. done. No more. No more. But when I look back, I'm like, damn, like, this really is, like, the best time of yeah. my life. It just, like, we have grown so much together, mm -hmm. and... It's, it's so nice to see where he's at individually. It's so nice to see where I'm at individually. And then it's so nice to see where we are together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing that, like, I picked a good person to raise babies yeah. with, you Most know, definitely. like. And I love that y'all are, um, like, you're Zach and Cass, but you are also Cass. Yeah. Like, you're, you're not, you're, you're Zach and Cass, but not. Cass yeah. and Zach or Zach and Cass, like, y'all are two individual people. And, like, I see that as an outsider being, like, I have seen you on social media. You know, you've always highlighted your marriage, but you also are so your own person, which is so hard for people to do, I think, mm -hmm. and for people to find the balance. And I think that that balance is so, so, so important. Yeah. And it's not like I'm, I'm from an outsider perspective. I'm not looking at you as like, oh, that's Cass who's married to Zach. You yeah. Know? That's Zach. Like, I'm like, that's Cass. Oh, and her husband's Zach. You yeah. Know? Like, and that balance is admirable because I feel like it's really hard to see. You see a lot of people just like, they're once like, they get married, it's like, that's all they are. Is Which together. is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is just so important, I think, to be your still own person know who you are as a person and be your own person outside of just your marriage. Yeah. It's just, I feel like it's a must. But. No, yeah. <laughs> like, and there's so many things, there's so many things that I do where he's like, okay, girl, do your thing, you know? And then, like, with him, especially with him being military and me being somebody who's like, F the government. It's like, I'm like, I don't like care about any of that. Like yeah, him. you know, and like, it's it's also nice because he has things. I feel like I'm always learning something mm -hmm. new because we don't have the same interests. It's mm -hmm. very rare that we actually like the same things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we, we have some TV shows we'll watch together, but for the most part, he has a fuck ton of shows I give zero fucks about. I'm like, you're not the, he's into this, uh, this, this new movie or show that came out, Dune, and I'm like, you can't convince me to watch that. That looks so boring. Like, everything's brown, and they're all in, like, military gear. Goodbye. I'm done. Oh, I don't no. give a fuck, you know? But 
at the same time, you know, there, there are things that we share interest in, but I, I really do feel like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we're, we're so similar, but we're also complete mm-hmm. opposites. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that's good to have. I think it's, I think it would be kind of boring to have somebody who is like up your butt doing the same things as you all the time. The time. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have somebody who's interested in different things because even though I will never voluntarily learn about things. I'll sit there and I'll indulge yeah. him and be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I still, he's been in the military for almost seven years. I still don't understand fucking anything. Actually, no. Has it been almost seven years? I don't fucking know. Our dog is seven. So, oh, yeah, almost seven years. Um, I don't know fucking anything. He will sit there and tell me, like, oh, the brigade this or the company this. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I know his rank and I know that he's in the infantry, and I know that he's he was in an airborne unit. I know that he used to jump out of heli yeah. or jump out of planes for fun, you know. And like, I know very little. Yeah. And so, but when he comes home and he's like telling me all this shit, and he's like, my favorite thing though is he knows that I love when he spills the tea. So he gets all the tea he can at work, and then he comes home and he tells me all about it. No, I merge the two together to get you to learn and listen and be intrigued. I know. And then like, um, he'll introduce his wife for real. He'll introduce (laughs) me to these guys, and I I always have to wait. Like one of them, um, Drew. Oh my god, I didn't think I was gonna like him, but I actually absolutely love and adore him um but i found out about him through zach telling me his personal life tea and so when i met him i was like i know you yeah i was like i don't want to say too much and then he was like so Cass, let me fill you in on the tea and he just like started speaking to me like i was one of his friends and he and, and like i love that you know and i love that i can tell him like hey watch me do this new knot I learned how to do with, you know, making a granny square. And he'll he'll sit there and he'll watch it and be like, okay. oh, okay, cool. He's not going to give a fuck about that five minutes from now, you know? But he took the time to indulge me, to, to watch me do it, you know? And then, yeah. like I said, we have things that we like to do together, but we also are incredibly different people, mm-hmm. you know? And we're into different things. And I love that because I feel like we're both learning new things mm-hmm. about each other constantly yeah. but then also like our children are well-rounded with yeah. a lot of shit because they've got parents that are into different things we encourage them actually you know to be their own person and we always tell them like you don't have to do what your brother's doing if you want to go do something else go do that like mm-hmm. you know it just because he's telling you hey come with me come do this you don't have to sit there and scream no just yeah. don't do it you know like it's not a big of a deal and I feel like in our house, individuality, like, really thrives a yeah. lot. And I feel like that's what keeps our house going and what keeps our house so unique mm-hmm. because you definitely go in and you're like, well, there's a lot of personality in this house, well, you know? Good. It's, like, all over the walls and the shelves and everything. But it's just, like, that's us. That's yeah. how our house works and we're not this, you know, <laughs> sad beige family, you know? Like, we, we actually... We all have our different personalities, and it's really nice being able to constantly learn new things, even though I probably won't remember the majority of it. Hey. I'm still like, oh, that's really cool. And there are some things that he tells me that I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know, I didn't know that, you know? Um, but it's and- good to have that balance of, like, you continuously getting to learn about yeah. your partner. If you yeah. know everything, then, like, I mean, really what? 
what else what is else there? is it like what's going to keep everything sparking if yeah. you know it all so to have like different interests different whatever like, Noah will just like go on he's a big anime person and i've i've tried i've tried to get into anime some like i can tolerate some i've i've liked maybe just a just a little tiny bit but he loves it and he'll just like talk about his show to me and I'm just sitting there like yeah he's like this one's my favorite because this this and that this one's 10 out of 10 because this this and that and it's just so cool to see him like so intrigued about and animated his and... own like individual life like yeah. he has a spark in his own individual life and that's attractive to me and that keeps my yeah. spark going with him because I'm like well, Look you're at doing you. these things that like I don't see you doing regularly, yeah. but you tell me about them, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool! Like I love that you're so interested in that. Yeah. Whereas if I already knew about it, it's like I already know. Like, like I don't know. It's just not. No, and Zach is a hundred percent. He's the kind of per one. He's a huge history nerd, so I'm always learning something about history. But then two, he is like a random facts person. Out of fucking nowhere, he'll be like, did you know? Da -da 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 -da. I'm like, well, I didn't, but I do now, you know? And then it'll spark, like, one... Okay, I've always told him, the biggest thing with me with people is I feel like I... If I can't have an intellectual conversation with you about mm -hmm. something, I cannot be your friend. I mm -hmm. cannot... I cannot do that. And, like, I have a couple friends where it's like... I cannot have a serious conversation with them about fucking anything just because for brunch. That's what I call yeah, it. Yeah, because just for brunch friends. They like they live in like a well, if it doesn't personally affect me, I don't mm -hmm. fucking care mm -hmm. kind of headspace. And I'm the kind of person, you know, that I like to talk about everything. Everything from, you know, history to politics to fun things to I, I just I like to be able to hold conversations with people mm -hmm. that don't revolve just around one person. Yeah. And so I'm always telling Zach, you know, like if it's so nice, I can bring something up to him and we can have a four hour, six hour conversation with it. Like one of our favorite things to do is, especially on the weekends, on Friday, every Friday night, we have a camp out in the living room with our kids. It's like That's a so fun. I know. It's oh, like a like a little um, tradition that we've started doing. And um what we we bring all the couch cushions from the playroom we pile them all together in the living room you know and we put on some movies and the kids pass out and one of our favorite things to do is to just sit up and talk mm -hmm. until late hours mm -hmm. you know and about anything and everything and my one of my apps one of the absolute most attractive things about my husband is that he can carry a conversation mm -hmm. i love that so much it's just like it's just so attractive to me yeah. because it's like you have a whole brain and you have thoughts and your thoughts are different from mine and we can talk about this we can have a discussion about this and we can teach each other new things I just I think that's so hot mm -hmm. and it just I don't know it's it's but it's one of my things I feel like if I can't have an intellectual conversation with you we're not going to click yeah. and you are just going to be a brunch friend you are going to be just a friend i meet up with you know to have a mall day or go to go get drinks with because those aren't times where heavy conversations have to be had yeah. so i don't have to worry about boring you you know but so it's nice to have a husband that actually yeah fill one of those spaces too yeah and it's i absolutely love it because sometimes i feel like i feel like he's one of my girlfriends you know and he like 
when I say, oh, I have, you know, tea about this, and he's like, oh, spill it, you know, or he'll come home and he'll be like, you would never guess what happened to this guy at work. And I'm like, okay, wait, Tell let me, me wait. get ready. Let me put my hair up, let me sit down, get my blanket. No, really, I'm like, okay, let's turn a movie on for the kids and then you can tell me, you know, or um, I love to cook and be in the kitchen and he's starting to pick up cooking now too and so we'll be in the kitchen together and the kids will be doing they'll going crazy in the playroom or whatever you know and we'll just be in the kitchen like talking with each other and spending that time with each other and I feel like sometimes it's really hard to keep that friendship going mm -hmm. in your relationships but still to this day I'm like oh that's my best friend yeah. you know like he is the other half of me he knows me and he like he is my number one mm -hmm. biggest supporter like yeah. when I wanted to do this podcast I was kind of nervous because originally I was just looking for a place to share my story because mm -hmm. I I wasn't being hounded but I was being constantly reminded that it was something that people were wanting to hear yeah. and I didn't know how to do that and I had thought about starting a podcast but then I was like what if I'm not good at it then I only put you know my story out there and that's it I cut it off you know yeah. and I was telling him, you know, like, do you, do you think that that's something that I could do? You know, like, I, I'm not good with that stuff. And he's like, you talk all the time. <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal, you know. But he was my biggest supporter. And he was, what do you need? Do you want me to look, do you want me to look this up? Yeah. Do you need a specific equipment? Do you want to, do you want me to ask about this computer at work to my tech guys? Like, yeah. what do you, what do you need from me? And then I got it all, you know, and I, um, released episode one and uh, even with even now you know with even episodes after that he's always hyping me up and he's telling me he'll come home and be like yeah I told so-and-so about your podcast he's gonna listen later today you know and all the time if he picks up a phone call he's like hey by the way my wife has a podcast like you should go listen to it he's my number one fan my biggest supporter and Literally it's like your best friend yeah like, so important best friend first and I absolutely love it I think he is just the best I like and I'm so glad that over these past 12 years that you know we've been able to keep that friendship mm -hmm. and he's uh, yeah he's my little gossip girl he's my oh, little gossip queen love I love it I did have a question with you started the podcast but prior to that I remember hearing your story like on Instagram mm -hmm. like through like you were posting Instagram stories yeah and you were going to like talk more about it but then there was like a pause or like a stop yeah. what happened there so that I so okay when I was still a teenager mm -hmm. there was a short film that was put out mm -hmm. and it had pictures of my sister pictures of me um it was pretty much a short story about what a short film about what happened to us and when I became an adult, I had just had, I'm pretty sure I just had Liam when I had found out about all of that. So I was 20 and somehow I found my old attorney on Facebook and reached out or added her on Facebook as a friend. And then she reached out to me and said, Hey, by the way, I know this person, mm -hmm. you know, she made a short film about you and your sister and she actually won awards with it. Um, I would love to get her in contact with you. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then it all just kind of like snowballed to happen really, really fast. So then I meet this person <coughs> and she's like, I want to do a part two. 
I want to do a afterwards, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. So then she's like, but first you need to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So she goes over, uh, goes over everything and pretty much in the contract, it says that whatever profit is made off of mine and my sister's story, I would make 80% Mm -hmm. and the other 20% would be split between her and the production and, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know, but it also said that anything and everything in regards to my story pretty much had to go through her. She had to approve mm-hmm. it all. And so I, at that time, again, I was 20. I didn't think that was a big deal because yeah. I'm like, I don't even talk about this shit, you know, yeah. so whatever. I signed that contract. I didn't realize it was a five-year contract. Mm-hmm. And so we do this filming and, you know, they reenact the the court scene where I'm sharing my story and everything like that. And then like the last little bit of it, I'm at my sister's grave with my son and, you know, I'm walking away all dramatic and shit like that. Well, then she's making all these promises. Oh, we're, we're going to be big. You're going to be able to take care of your kids with this, you know, and because her plan was to take it to Sony Mm-hmm. Um, because there was a Sony rep who had actually reached out to her and was like, we would love to do a documentary. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what all happened with that. Um, so she said that she would edit it, send it out, you know, whatever. Well, then in 2020, after I had had my second son, uh, my husband was deployed. She was like, I want to do a documentary style exclusive interview with you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then she, she literally came to this house. We filmed it on the back porch. Um, and she was like, I'm going to get this edited. Then I'm also going to send this in. So I'm like, okay, you know, and this whole time she's like, you need to be reaching out to mayors. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing this. And the whole time I'm like, I'm at this time I was 21, yeah. 21, 22. And I'm like, I'm still a child, yeah. you know, like, I don't know what to do. And so, um, and then it pretty much just went radio silent after that. And like, I would check in with her and she would say, oh, well, we don't have the funds to edit this and send it in yet. So I'm like, okay, you know, so she's like, I'm just waiting for the funds to do that. I'm like, all right. Well then after that, she literally would never text me back. I never heard a peep from the woman. And, um, occasionally she would be like, I'm trying to get you set up on Dr. Phil and stuff like that. And that was all stuff that, I wasn't really comfortable with, yeah. you know, like, uh, don't get me wrong. I love to binge watch some Dr. Phil. It doesn't mean I want to be on Dr. Yeah. Phil, you know, that's like, that's, that's, dr- that's dramatized too. That's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I didn't really feel like that was the right spot. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. To, sh- to showcase my story. And I, I didn't want things to be twisted and everything. So then I brought up the idea to her of, Hey, I really want to write a book. And she said, okay, well, let me get some ghostwriters lined up. And she wasn't liking the idea of me wanting to write the book myself. She wanted me to use a ghostwriter. And I was completely against that because yeah. I was like, one, I don't have the time to meet up with somebody daily and share my story with them and have the, have them write it and everything like that, which yeah. means I would have to leave it to phone calls and things like that and leave it to them to write my story from a third person's point of view yeah. And I wasn't okay with that because I didn't want any part of mine and my sister's story to be twisted yeah. or, you know, things to be wrong, yeah. yeah misrepresented and stuff like that. Because even in the short film, there were still some things that were misinterpreted and stuff like that. And it really frustrated the fuck out of me because I'm like, yeah. y'all published this whole little video and everything like that and you got the facts wrong. Yeah. Because 
you didn't reach out to me, you know? And granted, at the time, I was still a teenager. I had no idea it was happening, but still. Then I just started feeling really uncomfortable with the fact that, okay, I'm in, I'm under contract with somebody and any idea I'm bringing up to her, she's shooting down. No, don't do that. Because she wanted, she wanted it to be like a mystery. She wanted to draw people in. She wanted, she wanted it to be like this big thing that people, like this big thing that happens that people have just been getting teasers to. Yeah. Which episode one, I did a bunch of teasers. I drew people in and bam. Yeah. It happened. You know, it's not that yeah. fucking hard, yeah. you know? <laughs> but she wouldn't she wouldn't let me write my own books. She just kept shooting everything down. Well, then I started Crystal's Project, and that was when she pretty much just stopped speaking to me. Mm. And it didn't matter how many times I reached out to her, how many times I checked in to see, hey, like, how's the projects going, you know, things like that. She never responded to me, but she's going to Santorini, and she's going to Italy, and she's spending all this money on all this lavish stuff, and... You know, she kept saying, well, I want to do this because um, I want you and your family to be taken care of. You deserve it. You you and your sister deserve to have your story told and stuff like that. But I felt like she was coming from a place of greed yes. and that she was Almost using, yeah, she was using my story to get more for her, to get yeah. more recognition for her instead of what she originally said it was going to be, which was highlighting mine and my sister's story, mm-hmm. you know, because I told her I want to do, um, she's wanting Dr. Phil shows and stuff like that. And I'm wanting to go to police stations. I'm yeah. wanting to go to schools. I'm wanting to go to, um, CPS offices, mm-hmm. people that are directly involved with the kids. I wanted to go and speak to them. I wanted to go and share my story and share all of the statistics and the information that I've learned about child abuse and the realities of it because these are people that are around children every single fucking day, Mm -hmm. you know, and nobody, there's no mandatory class you have to take to be educated on the signs of abuse. Yeah. And that was something that I was trying really hard to push for. I wanted it to be the end, the end result. I wanted there to be a child advocate that was hired in every single school in the state of Texas, Mm -hmm. which is a massive feat. The laws would have to be changed. And so, um, there, there is one law that got changed in the state of Texas. I'm pretty sure for, um, what happened to me and my sister. I don't know what it is, but I remember my attorney bringing it up and said something about like, child abuse versus child trauma and child abuse like wasn't yeah so what like a charge oh so what we now what our case is now classified as is child torture torture so before all the charges and everything were they were charged for child abuse because Mm -hmm. there was no way to classify what child torture was Mm -hmm. there was no no studies on it or anything like that and so um last year i was it last year or was it the beginning of this year? I can't remember. Um, Dr. Kellogg, she works at the Center for Miracles in, mm-hmm. at Crystal Santa Rosa, the Children's Hospital. And um, she was the doctor who was directly involved in my case back in 2007. And she reached out to me and was like, hey, we're, we actually have a whole bunch of doctors teaming up together. We'd really love to interview you and showcase your story because it is the perfect example of child torture. This will help us solidify child torture as a form of abuse and child maltreatment and stuff like that and so they used my case for that and they used a couple other cases for it and 
that was when I partnered with Evidential Learning. I did an interview with them, which I still haven't shared with people. I still haven't talked about it with people because, and like that was such a huge <clears throat> thing for me because it got published and it's being shared to thousands of doctors mm -hmm. all over the world who are then sharing it with cool. their staff yeah. and That's good. yeah, and stuff like that. And so, but yeah, pretty much um, she just wanted you out of a contract. Yeah, she she wanted all the things. Well, the the manager she wanted all the things that I didn't want. And then um, earlier this year, I think it was July, I reached out to her and said like, "This is the end of the contract. I'm not signing another yeah, one." No. And I don't even know where you are. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like now I can speak about things freely, and I don't have to worry about filtering it through anyone yeah. and I don't have to be like oh here's a little teaser you know I can Same talk way. about shit and for real like I can <laughs> I can just be myself and I don't have to put on this I feel like I had to like wear the suit of a survivor like I'm yeah. a survivor and I'm so powerful and I'm so strong because and that's just you not me like how it was really that bad for real like I there she didn't want to recognize that, like, there's still a lot of shit that I'm fucked up about mm -hmm. because of all of that stuff. It was just, like, she wanted me to just put on a smiley face and be mm -hmm. like, here's a good story about a child who was abused who came yeah. out on the other end. It just seems so staged, and yeah. I didn't like that because I wanted people to understand, I like... raw. Like... Yeah. I wanted people to understand, like, that was really fucked up shit, and it yes. fucked me up, mm -hmm. and even now... 16 years later, 15 years later, I am still fucked up about it, you know? But like, I have to say, and one of the things that, like, even, so my mom listens to the podcast. I got her to start listening. Shout out Go Ari's mom. mom. Thank you. <laughs> and she loves it. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about was, like, you have so many, like, cards and, you know, excuses to be able to be whatever kind of person you want to be, bad included. Like yeah. if you wanted to be a shit person and a shit mom and a shit friend, then like you have the cards to be able to be and like, you know, be like, people That's understandable. Will, you know, it's understandable, but you're not doing that. Like oh, you're like a, you're a good person. You're a great wife. You're a badass mom. Like you're running your own podcast. Like you're handling yourself. And even though you, there are, still things that I'm sure you will honestly be fucked up for, you know, life yeah. with going through what you went through. You're not using it as an excuse to like be some like, and even just person that's just everyone, you see these people that are just triggered about everything, you know, yeah. like you're taking it into your own responsibility to like, you know, work through and try to become better yeah. with rather than being like, well, this happened to me so I'm a bad mom or will this happen to me so I can be this way yeah and that is so respectable and I know I speak for lots of people that listen to you and hear your story and watch your podcast when we say that that is just like such an admirable quality because you see way I'm not justifying I'm not downgrading anybody's trauma you know but you see people that go through situations that are honestly way like less impactful than what you went through and they're just using it as excuses yeah. to like be who they are or to do certain things well because I went through this so I can do this bad thing yeah. or I can be this ugly way or I can and you're not doing that so like it's just 
it's I had to make sure that I said that because it's 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 awesome to see it's awesome to see that you're just accepting like yeah I have I'm still learning through this I have these fucked up things I'm still fucked up from it but it's not an excuse yeah well and I really appreciate that because sometimes I feel like I am sucking at everything and I'm like oh man you know like my kids are gonna end up so fucked up and then my therapist is sitting there like girl you're in therapy and like Mm -hmm. you got good kids like what you know and it's just like it's sometimes I need the reminder like hey you know what I am doing good and I am I I will have to probably work through a lot of stuff for a very long time but the number one thing that grounds me the most is the fact that I have kids Mm -hmm. and that I'm responsible for how they turn out and I know how I grew up with parents who had who allowed their mental health to affect me And it just, like, I don't want that for my kids, you know? And I'm not saying that, like, everybody has to be, like, happy-go-lucky mom all the time, you know? Like, there are definitely times where I cry, you know, and my kids are like, Mommy, are you okay, you know? But I don't sit there and I'm like, Mommy was tortured and beaten as a child, you know? I'm just like, yeah, Mommy's okay. Mommy's just having a rough day, you know? And Because I want them to also know, like, you can have bad days too, you know? But I, I just, I don't want it to be something that impacts my kids to the point where they also have to go to therapy you know and like Zach asked me all the time you know like well are you ever going to tell them are you ever are you ever going to give them the whole story and I always tell him like probably when they're our age yeah you know like I feel like old enough to comprehend yeah there will be bits and pieces that I give them but I don't think I feel like that's like some really deep heavy shit and to learn that about a parent Mm -hmm. you know is kind of a lot and so I want to make sure that I'm doing it at a time where they're mentally okay enough to do that and like but yeah I I really appreciate it because there there are some times where I'm just sitting there I'm like damn like I'm just fucking sucking at everything Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing this right you know and it just it like I it's it's my own my my own thoughts that get in the way you know and I was just talking to my friend Danny, and he was like, who tells you these things? And I'm like, well, well, nobody, my brain. He's like, exactly. He's like, nobody thinks that you're a bad mom. Nobody thinks Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're a terrible wife or things like that, And except for the haters. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it just, like, it really is, like, my own thoughts. And getting out of, it's called uh, uh, cognitive distortions. And it's it's those negative self-thoughts and, um, you know, um, assuming what people's thoughts are of you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm really bad at that. I'm really negative towards myself. And it's so easy for me to love and support my friends or my family, but it's very hard for me to love and support myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it is nice to get the reminders that people are noticing you yeah. know that they are they are recognizing that i i do put in a lot of work to be the the mom that i am to be the wife that i am and i feel like honestly a lot of it i'm very much the kind of person where it's like you're either going to let this shape your life for as long as you fucking live yeah. or you're going to be like yeah, fuck those guys. We're burning it down. Yeah. And I am definitely the burning it down kind of person. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like I definitely still have a lot of rage in me. But I feel like it's balanced out with the love and mm. stuff like that that I have with my family and that I have with my friends and stuff like that. Like, 
don't get me wrong. Like I, I got a constant war up here, but I am working on it. And, you know, I'm working on giving my kids just like the experience of being a human, the experience of just being a child and keeping their innocence for as long as I can, because I feel like my innocence was taken at such a young age. And so now it's really exciting for me to see my kids go through things and know that like you didn't get to do yeah no seriously like like that life that part of your life a little bit through them yeah a provider of it is like i was telling my sister like when my daughter for her first birthday she turned one on december 5th and we got her ever for real (laughs) (laughs) they got um we got her a little barbie doll or a little baby doll it was like a little I'm pretty sure it was a Rapunzel or an Aurora or something. Some mm-hmm. kind of little baby doll. And, oh, my God. I have pictures of her just, like, hugging it and Aww. giving her the little bottle and everything. And I was crying so hard. I also had therapy that day. so, um, But I was bawling my eyes out. And, you know, I was telling my therapist, like, it's so wild. It's wild for me to see my boys, mm-hmm. you know, growing up and just having an easy life and everything because that's all I want for my kids I want them to just have an easy life and I don't give a fuck if they grow up and kids are like well you had an easy life damn right they did you know because mm-hmm. I didn't yeah my kids deserve to have an easy life you're not going to make me feel bad about that you're not going to be one of those moms that's like well what I what happened to me when I was a kid and then you yeah that as an excuse yeah. exactly like they're going to have an easy life and you can suck a dick be <laughs> mad at your parents you know not at me and so But it's so different having a little girl. And I was telling my sister, it's like I get to see how me and Crystal would have turned out if we were just given a better chance, you know. And so to see her playing with her little baby dolls and to throw fit and being bratty, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just it's my favorite thing ever. And Zach all the time is like, oh, my God, she's so spoiled. I'm like, I don't even give a fuck, you know, like good, good, good. She is spoiled, you know, and. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, think it's a bit ridiculous, the things that I let my kids get away with. But the number one thing in our house is if you're not hurting yourself mm-hmm. or hurting your or hurting other people or being disrespectful, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, like, obviously we have rules in place, but it's like it's simple rules like, hey, don't jump on the furniture, yeah. you know, or, you know don't be rude and disrespect people, you know, things like that. And for the most part, I feel like I've got good kids, you know, and that's the number one thing. It's so funny. It's so funny the amount of people that are like, wow, your kids are such good kids. But then they're also the ones that used to tell me that I should spank my kids. And I'm like, oh, gee. Oh, gee. You know, like, it just... You know, I've never spanked them in their life. (laughs) Right? Like, I just... It just... I don't know. I'm very laid back with my kids and... I always call Zach, like, the enforcer, and Mm -hmm. it's really because, like, he brings the dad voice. Like, he brings the boom, you know? When they're not (laughs) listening to me, he's like, hey, you know, and he does his dad. I know, and they're like, oh, my God, okay. Sorry, okay. But then on the other end of that, like, just since being here, he's had to FaceTime me twice, and he's like, can you please tell them to listen? And then I get on the phone, and I'm like, Daddy says you're being bad. And they'll all sit down, and they're like, no. You know, and it's like, I don't put a hand on my kids, but they immediately know. They're like, oh, shit, mom's about to be the not fun mom who, like, comes home and is like, no, we're not going to do all this cool extra shit because you guys can't fucking listen, you know? But they listen because you show them the right boundaries and the right respect to them. Like, you're respecting them even though they are, like, little babies, you know? Yeah, and I'm big on that. You still show them a level of respect. Yeah. And... 
I don't care what anyone says. Like, every, whatever age, you know, like, what respect is. Whether yeah. you, like, cognizantly know the definition or whatever, you know what respect looks like and you yeah. know what it feels like. So, even yeah. at their age, I know that they feel that and yeah. they feel that respect for you to be able to, like, when you do have to have those times of, like, listen up like they're like oh yeah we, we yeah and that like, was our bad i know? i definitely talk to them like they're my little homies mm -hmm. all the time you know <laughs> and but when it goes from okay you know we're not we're not doing this no more and then they're just like oh fuck okay yeah we, you know Oops. we messed up yeah. you know because i'm all for like being loud being fun and stuff like that and i treat them like like they're people mm -hmm. you know and so when i talk to them i talk to them the same way i talk to zach where i'm like hey, bud, let's not do that shit, you yeah. know? And a lot of people turn their nose up at that, you know, because they're like, oh, well, you're trying to be their friend. It's like, no, I'm talking to them how I talk mm -hmm. to literally anybody else. You know, I I get the importance of talking to your to your kids with, like, the mother ease and stuff like that. And I, I still do that with sister, but um, especially with my boys, I'm like, bro, what yeah. the fuck are you doing, <laughs> you know? And... They know when I'm no longer in that relaxed state. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's wrap it up. You know, let's go sit down. Kind of. They know, like, oh, shit, we fucked Mom's up. Mom's not playing around. Yeah. Got and, it. like, it doesn't, I don't have to yell at them. I don't have to fucking hit them. I, I don't even, I'm going to get so much hate, but I don't even put them in timeout. You know, like, they're, we, we do natural consequences. We do, like, oh, you're sitting here and you're trying to rip this page out of this book buy book yeah. you don't get it for the rest of the day dude we'll mm -hmm. try again tomorrow yeah you know or hey you can't share and be nice with your brother word you don't get to fucking play with him go to the other end of the playroom you know mm -hmm. like i don't do time out i don't when i when i do have to occasionally i do have to we call it taking a break and so that's like what i mainly do with misdirection like if there's just no way of calming them down i'm like let's go outside mm -hmm. let's go take a bath you know hey why don't you come with mommy to the gas station real quick mm -hmm. you know the things to just change up what it is that they're yeah. doing get their mind on something else every single time it works yeah and so when i tell people like no i don't punish my kids they're like what the fuck you know and i'm like you're like redirect you're just redirecting yeah it's just like i feel like a lot of people too like don't see or I guess that maybe they're not punishing their kids as well they are also just redirecting and calling yeah. it punishment when really like a lot of times all they need is the redirection yeah they and you think need... like as an adult when you're in a situation where you're stressed out and you're overwhelmed what do you do oh I'm gonna go take a shower I'm gonna calm down real quick mm -hmm. I'm gonna go for a drive and listen to some music let me mm -hmm. go outside and get a breath of fresh air mm -hmm. you do all of these things you're redirecting your brain without yeah. even realizing it and then it's like baffling to have to do that with a child yeah you know like, and okay. it's like and even in those times there are so many times where I too am getting frustrated and I'm like Oh my god and i'm getting flustered because you know there's so many kids crying where i'm just like this is enough and so i'll put my fucking airpods in and then i'm like here's some chalk get the fuck outside and they're like mom's so cool you know and they go outside and they're running around with the dogs they're being fucking crazy by the time they come back in they're completely new fucking kids yeah. and it's just like that's what works for us you know and mm -hmm. that's something that i'm always trying to tell people is you don't have to be a fucking dictator in your yeah. house you can have discipline and structure and routine 
while also still being a decent human being and treating your child like they are a person and like they deserve respect. And one of the things that sticks out the most to me that people say is um, that you are you're not raising an extension of yourself. Yeah. You are raising someone who is a completely different individual Mm -hmm. than you. Yeah. And a lot of people raise their kids as an extension to themselves and you see it in like, like automatically thinking of men, like their dads and their dads being like, well, you're like a representation of me. Like you have to, so this is how I was and this is how I was raised. So this is how I'm going to pass it on to you, you know? Yeah. You represent me, you know, and And then you've got a lot of, then you've got disgusting, nasty, toxic, masculine, masculine men. (laughs) And then like, and then on top of that. You've got the guys who grew up in that who were like, ouch, this fucking hurts, yeah. you know? And now they don't know how to raise their own kids to get out of that, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, which again, like props to those men, props to those, because it's so easy to give credit to a mom for breaking cycles. But I feel like an, a, I feel like there's not enough credit to the men who do that because mm-hmm. it is very fucking hard to go against who you are as a man, who you've been raised as a man, you know, and to be able to let go of that ego. I feel like women are just trained to do that shit, but men, I feel like it's something that is really hard to, so to see a father step up and say, you know what, that shit ends with me. We're not doing that shit anymore. It is so nice and so refreshing to see. And I think one of the, the, the most feedback I get on this podcast is actually from men. Yeah. And, A lot of it is, you know, they've heard my story and they're like, I'm going home mm-hmm. and I'm hugging my child yeah. and I, I, I'm seeing things completely fucking different. And it's like, good. That's the point. Yeah. That's that's what I wanted. I want people to say or to see all of this and be like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I want people to have a new take on life, to have a new appreciation for the tiny humans in their lives, especially when it comes to the men, you know, because mothers are going to have that natural empathy for their children, that natural ability to just be so devoted to their child Mm -hmm. and growing and, you know, watching them turn into this incredible human being. And I feel like men have to really put in the effort for that so to see that men are being affected by it enough to say holy shit i'm gonna go home and i'm just gonna squeeze my fucking kid and i'm gonna be fucking grateful you know Mm -hmm. and or i'm gonna change this with how i parent or whatever like you're making a lot of light bulbs go off i can definitely listen to things that you say i'm like oh you know what that is a like different way to look at it i never like you talk about the foster care system and like Obviously, it's something I've never been through, I've never seen, but, you know, I've had my assumptions of and how it works and, like, listening to it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, hearing it from, like, you've made me listen and think about the foster care system in the point of view of a child. Yeah. Not, like, the adults that are fostering and the adults that... Yeah. And how it works for an adult. And it's just from the perspective of a child, like... This is what it can look like, and this is how it can be, and it can be brutal. Like, yeah, and it's it's not always like that. I know some people who have like good foster care experiences, but for sure, like, the only foster care I know is the crazy fucked up foster care. You know, and it just like, I guess in some regards, it was good for me. You know, because at least I didn't age out of the system, but while being in the system, it was fucking shitty. You know, and. 
I personally don't know a single person who went through foster care and had a good time. Yeah. I know there are people out there, there are people on TikTok that are like, foster care is the best thing you can do for a child. Yeah, if it's done with the right intentions. Yeah. Foster care is meant for reunification. Mm -hmm. So when reunification isn't happening and you're just kidnapping, because that's what it is, you're just kidnapping children, especially minorities. Infirmary. Yeah. It's, it's fucking insane because you think of... All the people say, oh, well, it doesn't get funded. Bullshit. Bullshit, it doesn't get funded. You're literally being funded by the government. The government spends money on dumb shit every day. And, like, one of the biggest issues right now is um, children are being taken from homes. And instead of going to homes with family, being reunified with family, they're being taken away and they're being adopted out. Well, I don't know if you know this, but at least in the state of Texas, you have to pay to adopt a child. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're selling children. That's what it is. And you're selling them to people who have no fucking idea how to deal with children who with have seen mm -hmm. horrible, fucked up shit. Mm -hmm. It would just be, it would be the same as if you took a child who was from a third world, a third world country going mm -hmm. through war. And you said, oh yeah, I'm going to adopt you. And you I'm know, they, they come here and they have they don't speak the same language as you, you know, and there's all these barriers. It's the same shit. And you've got these kids who know, who know they have family out there who love them and who want them. But because you didn't deem them worthy enough, mm -hmm. because they don't live in a certain class that's to your standards, you're going to pawn this off, pawn them off to this family who has no idea their culture, their background, any of that. I come, my, stranger. yeah, my mm -hmm. mom's side is like proper Mexico, Mexican, mm -hmm. and Native American. All that culture was lost in the foster care system and then once I got adopted. Yeah. And anything that I tried to do to embrace the Hispanic side of me immediately shut down. I wasn't, I was allowed to bleach my hair and go blonde, but if I wanted to be a dark haired person, absolutely fucking not. There was one time I saw my biological mom and she had gold hoops in both holes in her ears. Mm -hmm. I went home. I bought gold hoops, put them in both ears. Oh, my God. My adopted mom was like, you don't do that. That's ghetto, you know, and stuff like that. Or she I think went, that's really cute because I do that all the time. Right? And, like, I was just like, what the fuck? Anything I did was, you're acting like your mom. That's ghetto. And it just, I had no sense of self. I yeah. had no idea who the fuck I was because yeah. this whole time I'm being told by my dad's side of the family, you're not all white. You're mm -hmm. not all white. Mm -hmm. But then when anytime I tried to embrace my Hispanic side, my native side, it was just like, you don't, what are you doing? You're yeah. a white girl. Mm -hmm. You don't do that. That's ghetto, you know? And like, it was crazy. She would comment on my skin about, oh, you have oily skin because your mom's Hispanic. Or, oh, your hair gets greasy faster because you're Hispanic. Or that you have to watch your weight because, you know, your mom's got wide hips and you're going to have that too. And it's just in your blood. And shit like really fucked up shit yeah. that you shouldn't say to a teenager, you yeah. know? And so I grew Especially up. Especially with the, like, oh, it's just so, I'm just thinking like she's so uneducated as, right at somebody that was allowed to foster you like you would think like they one of the big things she knew is like watch what i say yeah like, i know this child went through a lot and even if i don't know 
the extent to it. I need to watch what I say. Yeah, or like, even like learn, learn mm -hmm. about the culture, you know, because now at 26, there's still things that, you know, like my mom talks about and I'm like, no idea what the fuck you're saying you know like i can understand spanish half the time i can speak spanish half the time i'm teaching my kids spanish along with asl you know mm -hmm. but it's still one of those things where it's like i go over to my mom's and i'm thrown into this whole culture mm -hmm. that is a part of me and i don't feel like i belong yeah. because i was separated from it for so long mm -hmm. and so I, and that's the case for a lot of kids in foster care, especially kids who come from minority families. And it's always, you know, you see it all over the place, these cookie cutter white families in these in these rich neighborhoods that adopt two, three, four black kids. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look at me, look at me. I adopted these black kids. You thing. don't even know how to braid their yeah. fucking hair. You don't know how to properly wash their hair. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to encourage them to embrace their culture. culture. Like, you know nothing about that fucking kid, but you're all over you the just... internet. Like, look what I did. Yeah. You know, the whole system is so fucked up and it's set up to ruin families for profit. Mm -hmm. And it's disgusting. And like I said, there are some good instances for people with foster care and adoption and stuff like that. That wasn't my case. And yeah. that's not the case for a lot of adopted people that I know. But people need to see that yeah. case. Like, cause I feel like people don't, like a lot of people just see like, yeah, maybe it's not, maybe they went through some stuff, but look where they are now. They've yeah. got, like you wouldn't house, be there if you didn't go through foster yeah. care. And, but they're not seeing the, the back end of it all. Yeah. And like so many, so many foster families, you know, on the outside, they look like the perfect family and they, they go to church and look at them, they're helping those poor innocent children, you know, and then inside the home, they're absolute fucking terror, you know, it's just, it's horrifying inside the house and, you know, nobody's listening to the foster kids and then you have these social workers who are like, oh, we're, we're overworked and we're getting 30 cases per person and our workload is too much and it's like, okay, so instead of taking it on on the children and putting them in these homes that are fucked up and just terrible for them. I don't know, maybe start fucking boycotting the place you work for. Like telling them to do better. Yeah, like hold hold your the people that are in charge of you, hold them accountable mm -hmm. and uh, luckily enough for you it's the fucking government. As soon as they start losing money with shit, then they start giving a fuck. Mm -hmm. So why don't you make it fucking hurt for them in the way that's going to get the response that you need, which is, one, foster care reform, two, more, more social workers, and social workers that are properly trained, yeah. not just, like, took a Higher. couple courses in college and, like, got a degree in social work. No, like, need shit in child psychology mm -hmm. and, you know, family dynamics and stuff like that because... Again, I can't it's believe just you. I on one of your episodes you were talking about your therapist that would say that you were entitled or like they're just, she's just not used to trained. getting what she wants. And I'm right. Like, I was listening to that episode like, what the actual fuck? Like, how are you gonna say that as somebody that is like a child therapist? Like, what? Yeah, that is my thing. Like, I and it happens all the time and. I was telling my own therapist about it and she was like, okay, well, first of all, like, 
I don't think you're entitled. Mm -hmm. I think you were reacting how a child who yeah. has never had to socialize with other children before would react. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was telling her about everything I, I, you know, and everything that this old therapist was saying. And she's like, yeah, I don't know how she has a job. Yeah, that, that, even that, I was like, how does she even have her, like, license to do any of this? Yeah, and, like, there was, I remember with you. her, there was, a, there was a guy who worked in an office across from her, and he had, like, windows for his office, and he reminded me so much of Ruben, mm -hmm. so I was always terrified to walk past his office and go into hers, and so... She kept saying, oh, well, you just need to meet him. You just need to meet him. And I kept trying to tell her the best way I could as a kid, like, that man triggers the fuck yeah. out of me, you know? And, like, one day he was walking out of the office. She's like, oh, hi. Bo and I remember freaking out so fucking much because it's like, yes, logically, I know that this man is not Reuben, but also my exactly. brain is fucked up and it's convincing me that he is Reuben and he's trying to kill me. So, like, and she had no experience dealing with that. It was oh, you're just being so dramatic. It's not that big of a deal. And it's like, okay, so you know nothing about PTSD in children. Yeah. Cool. Got it. Instead, you're just going to prescribe me a laundry list of fucking medication, drug my ass, and hope that I'm just Floating. quiet enough. Yeah. yeah, like that I don't fucking say Floating anything. La -la Land. <laughs> For real. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And now, like, as an adult, just even, like, n with no degree, you know, I'm like, how do you look at a child and tell them things like that and think that that's okay. I wouldn't even, I tell my kids like, hey, you're being a brat right now. I've never told them you're acting so entitled or things that scare them. I don't tell them you're crazy and stuff like that. I ask them like, why does that scare you? You know, and I help them work through it. Yeah. And I'm just a mom, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, why is it so hard for somebody who has a degree yeah. in this stuff to be able to work with children and brush it all in? Uh, yeah, and, and it's like, you know, anybody can say, well, maybe she was having a rough time. Okay, well, if you're going to be having a rough time like that around children, that. pick yeah, a different fine. career. Yes. You know, like, this is not meant for you. Because, and I've seen some people, I had, I've had a couple friends who went into social work mm -hmm. and changed their minds and were like, I can't yeah, fucking I can't do this. And I'm that. like, thank you for doing that. I'm not upset that now there's two less social workers out in the world. I would be upset if you continued working this job, being around children, hating it the mm -hmm. entire fucking time and not being able to show up for those children the way that they need their social worker to show up for mm -hmm. them. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for making sure that you are doing right, not only by yourself, but by the children because mm -hmm. they need people who are going to be absolutely dedicated to that shit. Most definitely. I'm like, speaking of people not doing their um, jobs properly, what is the tea with the teachers that were talking all the shit oh my god i about wish you when you were like do you have any of their like I whereabouts or what they're doing or if they're still teaching so they shouldn't somebody, be if you're watching I this know. You somebody be. had actually asked what school it was so it was nixon smiley elementary um which is in nixon smiley texas um I actually, I wish I would have brought my binder because I have a whole binder of everything from the day that I was born pretty much until my last adopted home. Mm -hmm. And going through all of those papers, I'm not even kidding. There were teachers who were noticing that I was eating out of the trash can, were noticing that I was stealing snacks from other people's lunch bags and stuff like that. Same with my sister. And in that binder is like the court documents where they showed 
the emails back and forth with the teachers where they would make fun of Betty, you know, or talk about, hey, I saw Cassandra eating or eating out of the trash can again today. And it's like, again? What do you mean again? Yeah. You know, if it happens again, then I'll reach out to Betty. What? Why are you not reporting it? You know, and it's it's things like that or like. um, Were they like held legal responsibility? No, nothing happened to them. Even, even the um so like when we reported it to the school and the school called cps and then we were immediately homeschooled um they still didn't do anything they didn't call for a wellness check and i'm sitting there thinking like if i was a teacher and i made or i i found out that one of my one of my students had been recently involved with cps Mm -hmm. and then they just stopped showing up to class red flag yeah you know like (laughs) That that would cause me to at least do a um, wellness check, you know? And so the fact that that wasn't even done and the fact that these teachers saw signs of what was going on, never reported and got away with it, Scott Clean, like, that's fucking insane to me. The social worker who just left her sticky note mm-hmm. and car on the gate got away with it, still has her job. And it's like all of you got to move on with your lives. All of you got to go on to get married and have children. And you know who's not married with children? My dead sister. You know why? Because you guys failed her. Because you guys fucking suck. For real. And like, it just like, it enrages me to think about. And I just, I always bring up the fact that if Kim Richter had done more than just leave her business card on the fucking gate, she would have saved my sister's life by three years, which is insane to me because for three years following that, we were being tortured beyond belief, you know, shit that like, and still even to this day, I'm like, there's no way that was my life, you know, because it feels like I've lived a million lifetimes since then. But I think about that fact all the time. I I think about like, like how as a teacher, you know, like, does it haunt you? Do you do you look back and do you say, like, damn, I really should have done something? Is it something that you think about every single day? Because I think about it mm-hmm. every single fucking day. Yeah. I have to live with it every single you. fucking day. Like, I hope that shit is haunting your fucking dreams. The people in the community, especially the people who were in 4-H mm-hmm. with us, who, who they themselves, you know, saw, oh, well, we noticed that the girls weren't allowed to sit with the other kids and they weren't allowed to eat during lunchtime during stock shows and rodeos and it's like fuck you why didn't you say anything no and i have talked about it um because he's listened as well and he um brought up so he was like it's literally called the bystander effect and apparently it's like this thing where like you are you literally just become a bystander and because nobody else is saying anything about it you don't they're going to continue to be the bystander and not as well so it's just this actual thing that yeah that was over everybody that and that's what that is one of my biggest things that i always tell people and it only takes one person Mm -hmm. that's it it only takes one person to say fuck you that's not okay Mm -hmm. you know and luckily for my friends i am that friend in that friend group you know (laughs) um but i'm trying to encourage people to be that person Mm -hmm. with children yeah because somebody has got you got to use your big kid voice you know and children don't have that a lot of times exactly (laughs) like and to know that so many people just 
went with the flow of like, well, you're not going to say anything, so I won't say anything. And it really, it really well, is we'll a real thing. this happens to... Yeah, and it's like you see that uh, that show that's like, uh, what would you do or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, how many... Damn, wish they were filming... Right? right like how many episodes how many rounds do they go through before someone mm-hmm. finally says hey that's not okay you know mm-hmm. and i'm the first person where if i see something even if it's uncomfortable for me you know yeah. i'm like hey what's going on you know mm-hmm. like don't be fucking rude yeah and it, it's not that fucking hard and so the fact that everybody in that community saw what was going on and said nothing it's just baffling to me and it's like how can you look at two children see that shit mm-hmm. and say, mm, not my business. All of these things that would be huge flags in my head, these people just, they saw it and they were just like, mm, not my business. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, it just, it baffles me. Another excuse that a lot of people used was, well, I didn't know who to call. Um, you call the fucking police? Yeah. You know, you call for a wellness check because they have to go up to the house. They have to see the children. They have to be able to say like, yeah, we saw them and they're okay. Mm-hmm. Kim but, Richter didn't do that. No. <laughs> and like it just it just sucks no like looking back and knowing like all the teachers, all the school staff, you know, police, firemen, people who are trained as first responders, you know, people at the stock shows and rodeos and things like that. Like they all saw and they said nothing. And because of that, it cost someone their life. Mm-hmm. And in childhood. Like, yeah, and on top of that, like, they weren't held accountable. It was mm-hmm. just like, uh, hey, next time you better do this. Oh, next and, time. Yeah, and that was that. And it's like, so you mean not only did I have to live through all that bu- bullshit, but now I also have to live with this shit daily, and you get to just, like, wipe your hands, fuck you. Like, wild to me. It just... It, it is wild. It pisses me off, honestly, because it just, right, like... so. I feel like it's it's not that hard. It's not that hard mm-hmm. to see something that's fucked up. And I get that it makes people uncomfortable, but if you're not if you're not uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, nothing's w- changing. Nothing's yeah. Changing. And it's like if it's for the good of another human being, fucking say something, you know? I think and it'd be such a good idea for you to like go to schools and and stuff and have these conversations with you know the teachers or i know they hold like meetings and stuff things yeah. but like for someone in your situation to actually and go and speak like firsthand to them to really get to them like yeah. you know i feel like that would be something that would really have people open their eyes too cuz these you know teachers i used to want to be a teacher like you know i love kids i love I always like wanted watching, to be an elementary school teacher. Yeah, like watching kids grow up and learn and just watching their little brains. But it's being a teacher is more than just yeah. being like this bright, happy face that's there to teach children. Like mm-hmm. there's, you do have like a moral responsibility yeah. beyond that to look after these children. Yeah, <laughs> and and pay attention to what they're going through and how they're showing up to school and things like that. And I feel like there's a, and it could be, you know, because teachers really don't get paid enough for their no. fucking jobs, you know, and that, that could play into the whole, well, it's not my business. I don't give a shit. I'm just here to teach. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you could be the only person in that child's life 
that can change their life for the better. And it just is like, it's sad to think about. And it's, it is a lot of pressure to put on somebody, you know, but so is expecting these teachers to protect your child. Yeah. Like protect their life in situations sometimes. And so I feel like at the bare minimum, if you can't put an advocate in each school, then train your teachers. Mm-hmm. Train your teachers and what to pay them more and train them, you know, because if you're giving them a reason to show up and you, you've you given them the education and the knowledge behind that as mm-hmm. well, they're going to show up for their kids, yeah, you yeah. know. And, like, I again, I don't know. I wish I just had, like, a like a fairy wand, I could just wave around and be like, everybody love and respect children, you know? And, like, everybody would just be like, oh, oh. I'm not a piece of shit anymore, you know? And, like, but it's so hard. And it's so hard, especially whenever you are dealing with people who are either parents or not parents, and they're so dead set on, like, I'm going to raise my kid They're by ways. abusing them, mm-hmm. and this is going to make them turn out to be a great adult. And it's... I hate that fucking argument, especially by the boomers. They're going to be great adults. Because they're like, y'all, this generation, blah, blah. And it's like, you raised that generation. What do you mean? The same generation you hate that you can't stand, you raised. You made them that way. Why are you talking shit? And now everybody's like, oh, we're, what are, what are they called now? Gen Alpha? Like, our, our kids' generation? I don't fucking know. No, Gen something. Me. I think it is Alpha, actually. Um... And they're like, oh, these kids are going to be scary. You're damn right they're going to be fucking scary. You've got millennials and Gen Z raising them. And you you think they're going to be like, sit in their chairs and do whatever the fuck you tell them and just nod yes and have no opinions of their own? Do you see what world we grew up in? That's that's not what's happening, you know? Like, they're going to be opinionated kids and they're going to be strong-willed and they're going to... I always tell Zach, like, <clears throat> the new generation scares the fuck out of me. However, I'm also so excited yeah. to see what they do with things because they've seen the result of all the fucked up shit that our generation had to go through and the generation before us. And it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't until, like, the millennial stage that people finally started saying, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna do that one. We'll talk about yeah, that one. and it's like the generations that are complaining about all of it are the older generations that are like, well, when I was growing up, my grandpa used to beat my ass. And it's like, OK, well, that wasn't his responsibility. One and two, you shouldn't have had grown ass adults beating on a child, you know, like <laughs> maybe use your brain. Hmm. It's just it's wild to me. And it's like it, like I said, it's just the same generations they complain about are the same ones that they fucking raised. And it's like if you hate the way that they turned out so much, then don't you think you might have been a little wrong in the way that you parented? Mm-hmm. And but they're not willing. They were perfect parents. You know, they they did everything they were supposed to. There's no handbook for. Yes, there is. <sighs> Go to a library. There's literally handbooks for parenting. On any topic you could ever want, there's a handbook for it, you know? And I always, when people bring that, when especially the older generation, when they bring that shit up to me, I'm like, you didn't have a library? <sighs> Reading's free. Yeah, you didn't have the internet back then, but you had books. Yeah. You could have read about it, yeah. you know? And I just, I don't, and there will be things 
you know, that even with our kids, when they grow up, they're going to be like, hey, remember when you did that? Mm -hmm. That was fucked up. And, you know, we're just going to have to be like, yep, my bad, dude. No, sorry. Yeah, like, like, fucking, hey, but don't do that with your own kids. Like, I'm really sorry. And now you know, don't do that with your own kids because that was fucked up and it hurts your feelings, you know? And, like, I feel like a lot of our generation's parents can't, they can't do that. They cannot, they cannot say, yeah, I was a bad parent, you know? It's, it's always like, well, look where you're at now, you know? Like, you're, you're a good person. It's like, yeah, no, thanks to you, you know? Some people have good parents. I, I didn't. (laughs) I, I tried to, I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes because, okay, well, I tried to give my adopted dad the benefit of the doubt because my adopted mom was just like the wicked witch of the West. Um... But, like, in my last video, I was talking about, like, I really bonded with him and everything like that. And it is really sad, you know, to be that girl that's got the daddy issues and stuff like that. But I, I joke about it and everything like that. But sometimes I'm like, oh, damn, damn I ain't got a dad, you yeah. know? Like, it is kind of shitty. However, I'm not willing to have somebody in my life who can't hold themselves accountable yeah. and can't take responsibility for their fuck-ups. And, like I say all the time, like, I am not embarrassed about dumb shit. Yeah. that I've done in my life because the majority of that dumb shit, I was a teenager. Yeah. So it's anything past that has been valid. Any, yeah. any fight I've had. Oh my God, that sounds so bad. Any fight I've had, any argument I've, I've had or whatever, it's always been pat, like once I became an adult, it's always been valid. Like I, I have a reason for it. You know, yeah. you may not agree with it, but is it always comes down to the disrespect. Yeah. Before that, yeah, I was a piece of shit person. I did a lot of fucking dumb shit, but we all did. Yeah. You know, I don't... It takes that to, like, build that relationship, with, grow your relationship with shame, and then, yeah. you know, accept, like, oh, you know, I, I, I had these wrongs, and now I can take this and yeah, turn and it I, into learning how to process it properly yeah. and be able to now have valid reasons for the ways that I feel, you know, as an adult. Yeah, and I used to always do... Like any time, I would always internally cringe anytime I would I would remember anything from me as a teenager, and I would be like, "Oh, that's fucking weird. I don't want to think about that." But now I'm just like, "Yeah, I fucking did that shit." You know, like I say, own it. I'm like the cringiest things that I can think in high school. Like I still keep all of my like Facebook memories and my my pictures from high school, just because I'm like. That shit is hilarious. Like, I thought that I was just so right and up on this pedestal when I was wearing what I was wearing, saying what I was saying, and no, and then to like, look back and be like, oh, I really, I really did that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like it's cringy, but it's hilarious. Like, that is me all the time. Like, there, there was one time I was thinking about it the other day. Um, it was when I was in middle school. And I had told all my friends that my aunt was the queen. And I'm not even joking. I had convinced all my friends my aunt was the queen and that she was so rich. And then I was like, do you want her to bring you some money? She'll bring you some money. And I convinced, like, all my friends that my aunt was going to send them $500. Mm -hmm. And then when they found out that my aunt wasn't the queen, it was like, you're a terrible person. You're a liar, you know. And I was just sitting there, like, crying, like, why are you mad at me? I was just joking. And now I look back and I'm like, you dumbass kids. You believe my aunt was a fucking queen? Like, what? It's just things like that. I used to run with 
the idea that I was the real um, Lily from Hannah Montana. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I would literally run with it and just be like, yeah, I, um, like, I look different on the camera and I just live a normal life. And I was like in elementary, oh middle God. school telling these people like, yeah, I'm the, I don't even remember her last name, but I was like, yeah, I'm the real Lily. Like it really is me. Like I'm kind of like Hannah Montana, but like Lily for real to where people would like ask all these questions. And I just have this like book of like lies that I was just like, yeah, I, I go out to California every like however many weekends, like just coming up with whatever cringe story that I think and I know these kids were looking at me like that girl has got <laughs> something wrong with her <laughs> but I was like no they believe me <laughs> oh my god no I, I love that so much though I'm just like but that's hilarious like if you can't laugh at yourself for doing those yeah. like, dumb kid things and like you aren't like taking anything from it like you should be able to know that those times in your life were just like the beginning stages. Like even yeah. in high school when you think you're so old and you're so And you know young, everything. And you oh know everything and you've got your life on track. Like you don't. And you're going to grow up one day and you're going to be freaking 27 years old and you're going to look and you're going to be like, oh, that was, dumbass. yeah, I was dumb. I was the, oh. No, all the time. Like to look at. I think about like friendships I had in school and like one of my really good friends um <coughs> today it makes me laugh every time she brings it up because she's like she'll we'll randomly be talking about old times and she's like remember when you threw your entire tea in my face and i'm like no i didn't but i do now what? you know and it's like <laughs> it's so like, awkward and like that? I just, I remember so many things that I did and so many lies I told in high school about things. Like, for the, oh my God, this is so bad. For the longest time, um, I had convinced people that my adopted mom died. I'm not even kidding. Like, freshman year, people were like, oh, how's your mom? I'm like, oh, she died. <laughs> and she to, her, was, to you, she was dead to you. Yeah, for real. And that's exactly what I told her because I remember she her asking me about it. She's like why did you lie to all your friends and tell them I was dead? And I was like, because you are dead to me. You know, because that was during a time that, like, I, I didn't, ha she would have to send letters in the mail for to be able to speak to me. Mm -hmm. I refused to speak to her. I had her blocks on everything. And so to me, she was fucking yeah. dead. And um, one of my friends had went home and told her mom, who reached out to my dog's mom and said, this is what your daughter is saying at school, oh which, gosh. by the way, fuck you. Yeah. Don't be a snitch. Um... <laughs> But yeah, and then like that girl came back to school and was like, Cassie totally lied. And I was like, oh. okay, you know. And at the time I was super embarrassed, yeah. but now I'm like, okay, yeah, I did lie and say my mom was dead, you know. But she was dead to me. Yeah. And, and like, it was none of y'all's business. Or there was, I had a boyfriend at the time, and like, I, anytime I didn't want to see him, I would always pretend that I was sick. And so, um, jokes on me, I actually did end up having heart issues because I would always tell him, like, oh, my heart hurts. There's something wrong with my heart. You know, and now, look, I have pots. So, you know, here we are. But at that time, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'd always tell him, like, oh, something's wrong with my heart, you know, and I have to go to the doctor and stuff like that. And then he found out that it was a lie after we broke up. And so I remember he actually, one of one of my friends 
back when we all hated each other, had posted on Facebook and was like, Cassie's such a fake bitch. And he commented on that and said, yeah, and she lies all the time about having heart problems and blah, 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 blah. And I look back at that. I'm like, at that time, yes, I was lying. But also, I did wanted nothing to do with you. I was dating him, but it wasn't like a oh, I'm in love with you kind of thing. Zach hated him. Zach mocked him all the time. And, like, when me and Zach, which, that's fucked up. But when me and Zach would hang out, like, all we would do was talk shit about this guy. And Zach would be like, why are you even with him? I'm like, I don't know. know. I'm bored. You know? And so. figuring it out. Anytime. I'm just a teenage dirtbag kid who's trying to figure my life out. For real. And that's and justifiable so, enough. <laughs> every time he wanted to hang out, I was like, oh, no. You know, like. I'm, I'm sick. I, I can't literally, I'm sick. Um, and so, but now I look back on that and I'm like, oh my God, you know, and I see now teenagers and I, they're doing the same shit and I'm like, oh, it's just a phase. You'll grow yeah. out of it. You're going to look back at this time and you're going to laugh. I know. And they're like. So hard. I hope. I and, hope you can laugh. I hope everyone can get to a point where they just accept and laugh at the things that they yeah. did as a dark bad kid because that's just the best way to get well, through and it. Well, there's still some people who knew people through high school and, and like carry that into adulthood and are like, oh, she's a liar. There's still plenty of people that I know that I'm not friends with. Um, you know, that go around and like, oh, she lies about this or she lies about that. And there's still people who think that my, my story is wrong. And I got bullied a lot in high school for that because even, even Zach, I was telling him about it. And, um, the girl that he was, you know, chasing around had lied to him about a bunch of stuff. And so when I told him part of my story, he was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he actually came out to the house that it all happened in and he was like, oh my fucking God, I'm so sorry, you know? And that's been another reaction that I've been getting from people is people are like, oh my, like, you talked about it in high school, but we just never believed you. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know? And and if anything to me, that wouldn't, hearing your story wouldn't make me think, well, well, I knew her as a liar in high school, so I think she's a liar now. It would be like, oh, no wonder she was the way that she was in high school and look what fucking happened to her that's how i am with so many like now when i run into teenagers and you know their parents are like yeah they lie about this 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 and this i'm like have you ever thought about why they're lying about things yeah you know maybe they're fucking lonely maybe you're being a fucking asshole and they feel like they can't connect to you mm-hmm. you know like but now i like it doesn't even phase me i'm like oh you don't fucking like me because of who i was in high school you don't okay like, you have no idea yes. who i am first of all my skin isn't even the same, okay? I th- what is it, like, seven years for your yeah, skin? Yeah, your body recycles. Like. Yeah, so, like, after seven years, like, you l- quite literally do not know me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's weird. It's, like, weird running into people like that or, like, running into people who still have that, like, high school mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, and they can't do the whole, like, oh, yeah, I used to do this. It's like, I never did that. As, and it's like, yeah, yeah you did. Yeah. Shut up. Yep. Yeah, you did. Yep. We all fucking did it. And we were all cringe and we were all disgusting. And look at us now. We're adults. We can oh, laugh bro. at it. If you can't laugh at it, no, then yeah. you still got I can't some, be your you friend. You still got some mending to do. <laughs> For real. Like... <laughs> And that's what I was saying on my past episodes. Like, I don't know a single person who hasn't been a cringy little shit as a teenager before. You can feel it. You can feel the mentality change. Or at least I hope you do. Because if not, then, like, what are you doing? Um, But, yeah, you can feel the shift. And you can feel the ability to be like, damn, like, yeah, I did a bunch of dumb shit. And 
I used to be so embarrassed to tell people like, yeah, I used to fucking fist fight my friends or, you know, I used to whore it out or whatever, you know, like, well, I wasn't really a whore, but... uh, experimental yeah you're a dumb yeah you know we all like did it. I, I knew i was safe okay and i i did dumb shit i did the whole sneaking out of my house and sleeping at my boyfriend's house as a 16 year old which now i'm like girl what the uh-huh. fuck um but you know like the or like passing out in a field drunk at a bonfire you know it just getting high for the first time like we all did dumb shit and at least for the majority of us, we can all laugh at it and it doesn't fucking matter who fucking cares, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's part of why I Own it. created this podcast was because I wanted a place where people can feel comfortable yeah. and not have that like overbearing judgment of, wow, yeah. you're a piece of shit. And it's just like, oh, yeah. we're, we're all, all pieces of shit. Yeah, we're all misfits here. In it doesn't fucking way. matter. Like, um, what's that song from Rudolph where he's like, I am just a misfit. Or, oh, no, why am I such a misfit? Mm. That song, yeah. Like, that's what I always think about. Every time I upload a video, I'm just like, I just think like my little, teenage, my little Whenever you're, like, of. talking about your stories being young, I think of Teenage Dirtbag, of course, and it always plays in my head, and I'm always like, oh, I'm just a teenager. That's one of Zach's favorite songs. And I'm like, that's me. I get it. I listen to that song as an adult now, and I'm laughing along, singing it in my car. Cause yeah. Because I totally was. And there's no sh- are, we all were. Yeah, and there's no shame in that. And, like... Uh-uh. I don't know. I you feel have to have like a good relationship with shame too. I feel like I have a real, like a strong relationship with shame and like embarrassment. Literally, the only thing, and I'll even say the most embarrassing thing to me, and this is so hilarious, and everybody that knows me that's listening is gonna laugh, but pooping in public is like my biggest embarrassment and like Girl. most shameful thing. Me too. I can't. I can't do it, and my friends are gonna. My I know my friends are laughing in my face right now listening to this, but I cannot come to terms with it. It is just like the one thing no. that I am just so embarrassed about that I will not do. That I will just hold. I would work at a bank for nine, ten hours a day, and I'll just hold it all fucking day because I was like, I'm not pooping at my place no, of work. I'm I not cannot. pooping in public. I need to be at home in the space of my own. And my dudes own do bathroom. it so easily. Dude, other people like. They're like, I'm gonna go take a shit real quick, yes, and it's and like even my like girlfriends and it will just be like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm gonna go poop. I'm gonna take a shit. I'm, I'm like, aren't you embarrassed? Like, no, and they're like, I no, can't. everybody does that, and I'm like, I know, I know, I shouldn't be embarrassed, but I'm just so embarrassed, and y'all, and they so, know it's my most. One thing about thing. me, <laughs> I swear, there's got to be something in the vents. I'm not even kidding. I it used to be a thing. Where after I went to go out to eat, I would go to Hobby Lobby, either with my husband or with my friends, you know, my mother-in-law, whatever. It is now a rule where if we have gone out to eat together, we will not go into Hobby Lobby together. I don't know what the fuck it is. I've heard of this. I've heard of this. There has to be something in the vent. Every single time I go out to eat and I go to Hobby Lobby, I immediately have to shit my pants. I've heard of this and I don't remember, have you, have you heard of, I've seen it on the internet, like people are talking about, I don't know if it's Hobby Lobby specifically or a different store, maybe it is Hobby Lobby, but I read something recently that was like, do you have to use the bathroom every time you walk into blank? New studies, new study shows that that's a common thing, like in a certain store, you should look it up because I literally read that like 
a couple weeks ago no. where that was the headline. I sw- it's got to be Hobby Lobby. I'm s- I'm not even kidding. Cause and the worst place so of it all is funny. Texas Roadhouse. I don't know what it because I always get the like the steak and the shrimp from there. Mm-hmm. I get the same thing every time I eat there, and. I swear, I walk into a Hobby Lobby immediately. I'm like, clenched cheeks, gotta, gotta go. go home. <laughs> it's like, it fucking sucks. And that's sucks. me. Like, ugh, I'm so jealous of, of anybody that can just be like, yeah, I gotta, oh, gotta shit, let me go really quick. Like, I can't do it. I don't no, know what I it, can't. And even the times that I have tried, I can't. It's like, literally... My body is like, no, you're not gonna do this. No! You're just gonna have internal <laughs> stomach pain for oh my ever God, and that's until the worst. you get home and you feel safe. Because, yeah, and I'm just like, why can't I need to? That's if I need to uh, emotionally mature out of anything, it's uh, pooping in public. No, and I will like, go into Bucky's, but that's about. That's I'll about walk it. into I walk into a bathroom and like you can you can smell when somebody's fucking yeah, shitting. Yeah, and in my head I'm thinking, you fucking go, queen. Like let yes, that shit and out. I am a, and I am a poop stand like if, uh, those yeah are poop positive you go you but i, I can't, can't do, do it. it no i i cannot like i'm it's just i'm so i get so nervous of people like hearing me you yeah. know like like i don't want them to hear it i don't want them to smell it i don't want them to think anything of me like i like yeah i like, shouldn't give a fuck but i do and then i'll get home and my husband will be like oh my god <laughs> what died i'm like my husband outed me to my like former work employees, like my work colleagues. The we were all at a party one time when, because they all know I don't poop at work. And uh, we were at a party one time. My husband's just like, yeah, she don't poop at work. But when she gets home, like she just blows it up. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> and then that's what that was the moment that I was like, you know what? Fine, tell them, tell them all, tell yeah. them all I'm ashamed of it. Tell them all that I just can't do it. Yeah, no, all the time. And he's like. <sighs> Why do you hold that shit in? That's terrible. And I'm like, because I can't, I can't do it. I would, I I would rather shit my pants in the car than have to get out and go shit in a public bathroom. And he's like, he's like, oh, be right back. I got to take a shit. (laughs) So is no one. And I'm like, what do you mean? He just like. your body let you do that? I know. Yeah. But like, I feel like there's so many things that bring me embarrassment when it comes to being out in public that I'm like, I'm just, I'm not going to go. Okay, I'm, I'm just, just gonna stay home. I'm just, I'm just gonna get curbside. I'm just gonna get. No, have really. My groceries delivered to me. And, or like, I have this like unrealistic fear of if I go to the grocery store, if it takes me five minutes to go to the grocery store, and I, I get to checkout, somehow, some way, somebody stole all the money out of my bank account before I got to the checkout, and, and so it's I like no money on my card. Yeah, and, I'm, and it's gonna decline. And I'm like, oh my god, because it has happened to me before, especially like as a teenager when you know I was working at Bills. And it was just like, I was blowing my money on stupid shit. And I get up to the register and it's like, decline, where it goes, that's so embarrassing. And so now as an adult, I'm like, (sighs) and then when my bank isn't loading as I'm in line, I'm like, oh my fucking God, oh my fucking, and I start sweating every single time I go to checkout and it's not a self-checkout, I am sweating, like sweating bullets because I'm like, Somebody stole all my money and I'm about to be so embarrassed. And it's like, I'm gonna have to put all these groceries back and I don't know, I'm gonna be an inconvenience and I'm gonna. No, really. And I think out the whole thing, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna leave this cart here and I'm just gonna sprint for my life. I'm gonna fucking. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, really. And so most of the time I do curbside because I'm like, you won't catch I'm me. Not doing that. Nope. You won't catch me. Mm-hmm. I already paid for it. I'll drive off. Oh, and that's, that's true. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's I just funny. like, I don't know. But the things I'd be embarrassed about is like, 
a kid versus like in high school versus now were like totally different, which is why it's just like so okay to yeah. just be okay with the dumb, embarrassing, cringy things. I know. It's like you. now I have an adult embarrassment. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> now I have real embarrassments, like pooping in public. Yeah, for real. Like, real like embarrassment. I well, and I feel like I feel like even as an adult, like I don't really have like real embarrassments, but it's yeah. still just like. These, like, ones that... Different stressors now that yeah. I'm, like, They're oh. not changing... Well, I guess it is changing how I live my life, not being able to poop in public. But, like, it's not really changing how yeah. I'm living my life, like, in a negative way, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, like, there's different things now where I'm, like, oh, for sure, if I did that in public, that'd be so embarrassing, <laughs> you know? And so I do it in the comfort of my own home, and then my husband tells all of his buddies about it, and he's, like, you'd never <laughs> believe what my wife does, you know? Okay, yeah, well, we're going to end it at that. I feel like that was pretty good. Yeah, that was And good. again, this is Aria with Stash of Glass. I will have all of her information linked in the description. If you're not already, please subscribe. I am on YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, and Instagram. So if you can't watch it, you can listen to it. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next time. Stay cool. See ya.